Hello and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon or Mutilus on Discord. This is Parker. Go by one who parks on Discord. This is Jeremy. I go by just Jeremy on Discord. Says forward slash Discord hashtag Jeremy. Discord Z's. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, quick announcements. We have Parker is down to 1914 probationary episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just trucking away at that number. Um, we need to be making some bets to stick people to the 2000. Yeah, I know. It's going to be hard for you to get 2000 now. Like, it's yeah. so consistent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Anybody working on anything hobby project wise? I've been. Um, going through and i assembled a bunch of models about a week or two ago and now i'm going through and magnetizing all of them you're working on anything fun your hobby project of this mass of gray matter that you have assembled is all of a day or one evening of most people's hobby project you should be painting something by now right um you're assuming that i spend i've spent any reasonable amount of time hobbying uh unfortunately my hobby project has been uh the house that i'm currently living in I uh so I bought a lawnmower and a weed eater. God damn, your domestic mode. is fuck. Look I know, you, right? man. Uh well actually, uh it's mostly just been moving boxes of shit from one room to another is most of what I've been doing. Uh I reorganized the shed today and so it's starting to take shape. But we're in this weird spot. So Alex is uh my roommate Alex has a ton of stuff as well. And all of his stuff was quickly packed because his apartment flooded. And my stuff was quickly packed because I moved abruptly. Uh, and so we both have, like, not sorted anything. So we have, like, piles of just, like, assorted bins that just, like, okay, well, this is everything from models to kitchenware because it just got jammed in bins real quick. And so we have to, like, take everything apart, put it all back together, and then figure out where the shit goes. So there's a lot of, like, in the middle stuff. But Alex has been traveling for work. He's been out of town for the last three weeks. So there's a lot of stuff like I can't put stuff where it goes because his stuff is there. I don't want to like mess with his crap. So, mm-hmm. long story short, um, it's been that plus running tournaments plus you know working on train for the for games. Like I'm just you know it's a lot of my time is not my time right now. And so once I get back to having my free time, I actually am excited to start painting again. Nice. Uh, I'm excited because uh, my painter. Uh, has had all. He just told me the other day he's acquired a lot of free time, and they want he wants to fund a uh, summer vacation off of my stuff. So I'm gonna get a whole bunch of it a little earlier than I wanted it, uh, or a little earlier than I needed it. So I'm super excited. I'm sadly fully painted for quite some time now. I'm not sure what to do with myself. I'm just waiting for the next release, I guess. Jeremy, I could also be fully painted if I just wanted to slather brown all over my models like you do. Uh, I I want to stop actually take time with the podcast to mention Jeremy's Immortal Hulk. That thing is gorgeous. Thanks. I I I don't often get boners for models, but I had wood. That was just beautiful. Oh my god! I'm not actually sure I've seen it yet. I think I know I've seen it, but it was on a table with another Immortal Hulk because you know Immortal Hulk was out, so I didn't know which one was yours. Oh uh, no, you could tell. You could tell from across the room. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that model. I put some time into that one, and I finished uh, Modoc 2. So they both... I spent some time on them because they're the only ones I had at the time, and they look pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. The last the last time I felt that way about one of your models was your gun carriage. You remember the Cador gun carriage? Oh, are you, are you getting ready to bust out some cash? You yeah, feel, you feeling jumpy? <laughs> feeling hoppy? For those of you it? don't know, uh, the reason why I played Cador at all in War Machine is because I walked in the room one day and I saw <laughs> Jeremy's gun carriage and I went, must must have ha- need all of that. Sell sell me. <laughs> And he, and he did. He sold me his whole Cador fact, uh, whole Cador faction, lock, stock, and two smoking gun barrels. Oh, it was Jesus so much fun. Christ. I, 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 I forced that thing into so many lists, even though it was mm-hmm. not the best. I didn't care because it was. It was so very pretty. bad. It was so pretty. I didn't care that it was. Not great. <laughs> did you ever see the gun carriage I converted into a tank? Yes, I did. It was awesome. I really liked it. You used, uh, you used the uh, plow from 40k tank. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a um, Lehman Russ mm-hmm. plow with uh, the orc battle wagon treads. Yeah, it was awesome. I bought all the parts to do the second one, and then the game was terrible, so I stopped. Yeah. So I have like a, I found I actually found that when I moved. I have a box of parts to make a second tank. I was just like, man, I spent like a hundred and thirty dollars on this. <sighs> Sad pandas. Let's 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 not go down that road of trail of tears. <laughs> I have a. Uh, I have a four by four table completely covered in War Machine models right now because I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. I don't want to put them back in the display cases they were in because why would I want to display them? Mm-hmm. Although I am tempted to just put all my painted models in one case. That way I'll just have like a, a huge section of painted crap, but I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I, it's very weird. I, I would like to, at some point, I guess, buy some cases and display like all these things like the armies I still have. Thank God I, I'm not the kind of person that didn't sell my stuff. Cause like I would have so much shit, but yeah, displaying it would be cool, but not in an apartment. It's not, <laughs> it feels very yeah. uncool yeah. to me. All right. So nobody's working on anything basically said. <laughs> yep. Except Richard. Richard's really busy. Yeah. But, but he's Richard in, is, he's yeah. in a fever Richard dream is, trying to, trying to yeah, create he, a lifestyle. He is painting like a motherfucker. I am really excited because he's he's basically painting my bad guardians list, which is something I'm really excited to play. My bad guardians. It's the it's all of the bad as guardians, so you can do as guardians switch into Malekith Cabal, and it's got a bunch of goofy things in it. I'm I'm really excited to see it not work or work, but no matter what, I'm I'm excited to see it. It's very very weird. Yeah, it's not normal. I'm excited. <clears throat> All right, well, I guess we'll get into the meat and potatoes today. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're going to be doing uh, kind of our first segment we've done like this. We're going to kind of cover um, a wide range of models in the game. Um, we're going to talk about um, important models and uh, kind of how they fit into the meta. And we're going to start today by covering five-point models. <clears throat> so just as a quick reminder for people at home, we're looking at Amazing Spider-Man, Angela, Black Bolt, Cable, Cassandra Nova, both Doctor Strange, Ebony Maw, Ghost Rider, Jean Grey, Juggernaut, Modok, Red Skull, Master of Hydra, Scarlet Witch, Sentinel Prime, Thor, and Ulick. Uh, the way we're going to do this, we're going to take turns going around the table, and we are going to individually choose one of these characters and state why we think they're important to the meta. And we will do that until we stop choosing characters. And to, to be fair, if we don't if we don't talk about characters, it's not because they're unplayable or bad. It's just they're not a character you would see across the meta because they have a very specific function and they're maybe they're one affiliation and that's why. 
Yeah, it's just that we don't see them having a noticeable impact on the meta. Now, that doesn't mean that the character is not good. Like, a character can be very good in their own way, but we don't talk about them. Because this is more about how generic list building... Like, we're looking at it from the perspective of we're building a list and we're looking at our options of five-pointers. Right. So, looking at it as just like, let's say, an example character of She-Hulk, because we won't be looking at She-Hulk today. Mm. She-Hulk is clearly an important model to her in affiliation, and anyone building an A-Force list is clearly going to consider her. Obviously. Right. But we might not pull her out and talk about her, because outside of her obvious role, she isn't really, you know, impactful in the ways that we're looking for, or she's outshined by another model. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say another example of that is Star-Lord. Star-Lord is a good leader, right. but you don't see a lot of people putting Star-Lord in Avengers. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Right. And so, it's just that they might be outshined by somebody else. It's not that you can't play them. It's not that they don't get played. Like, Star-Lord's one of the most played leaders in the game. But also, no one's going to put them on the top three-point Merc list. Like, so that's kind of what we're looking at. Yep. It's in a vacuum. Alright, so going first, uh, normal order, I think, would be Parker. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to take the top shelf off the top shelf with, with my boy. He was my big crutch at the very beginning of the game. Uh and that and he's, st- he's still something I see I put on the table a bunch is Ghost Rider. Um I think Ghost Rider, it's funny, he's one of those models that his stock only goes up. I feel like every time they print a new model, uh I you know see Immortal Hulk is a great a great example. Um Malekith's another great example. In fact, big models are something that he really likes because um, they're going to commit, you know, you know, a certain amount of resources. It could be, you know, an awesome seven point model that's supposed to kill your whole list and they need to kill Ghost Rider. He won't go down fast enough because he's got deep health, good enough stats. And if you focus on him, then you won't kill my two pointer and my two pointer will just become him with his tactics card. And so you'll have to deal with him again. Sometimes he'll get to activate multiple times if I got to activate him before you killed him. Uh, so he can get double activation, which is amazing, off of the fact that he still comes back to life. He's immune to some of the best effects in the game that a lot of people go for. Bleed, Hex, Incinerate. Poison, less so, but Hex, Incinerate is amazing. Um, Penance Stare is, by itself, a reason to take him, because it kills power against, like, a Mortal Hulk. Is he gets, again, another, another, every single time they print a character that says, do something amazing with a bunch of power, then Penance Stare just gets a little bit better. He has uh, incredible movement tech with a speed long for three power. He has a support ability by with Wicked's Judgment that works against characters that crit farm, uh, like Malekith or, or or Domino or any of the others. Just gives a big you get a big roll. Cool. You're also dead or half your health is gone. Um, he was good, and then they just buffed him by giving him a, a lot more health. Um, and making it so that his Spirit of Vengeance, he has passive power gain across the whole board, as long as you're attacking and doing damage to friendlies. If you throw one model into another model, and they're Ghost Rider's friends, he just gains two power. That's awesome. Um, it's it's fantastic. So there are so many um, things about him that are great. He gives out Hex, he can give out Incinerate. The only thing he doesn't do is fix his own dice, but there are so many ways to fix dice. Or just, you know, I don't care about fixing dice. I want somebody who's going to be on the board for the whole game, no matter what. Um, and impact the game no matter what. So he's he good at everything. One... Is that what you're saying? Like every single thing no, he's good at. Um, he feels really. I think he you he can have lower stock if you, for example, if you put him in the field with a whole bunch of other biggies. Sometimes he can feel less important. But if you have a lot of twos and threes around him, he feels much better. Okay. 
Um, I want to respond a couple points real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, when you talk about like him, people getting damaged, him getting power, he only gets it off of attacks, and so like throwing people wouldn't generate it. Oh, I'm sorry, um, you you were correct you're, there. My just bad. point of order. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, I was also surprised when they buffed him because he was actually very popular in our meta. But I talked to some people outside of our meta after cause after we start traveling again, and he was basically completely unplayed, like outside of our area. So. Mm-hmm. It was like one of those appeared to be down on him kind of things. Uh, but Punisher was also really unliked, and we like Punisher a lot too. But Jeremy, do you have thoughts on what Parker said? Um, I think that I, I look at him when I'm really afraid of playing on a D. His movement is almost um, unparalleled with how, mu- how far he can go and what he can get to and kind of accomplish. Um, but aside from that... Uh, I don't like him in the big boy meta, actually, because he can get nuked pretty quickly. Um, he he can't really be nickeled and dimed so much, because the small models really don't do a ton to him, but a big model can just take him straight off the board, because I think that the Ghost Rider plan is either you kill Ghost Rider or you ignore him. Um, but yeah, I like him for Ds. Like, if a, a D is a problem, uh, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's obviously much better on some deployments because of his insane mobility and attack range. Um, the thing I like most about Ghost Rider is I think he's a specific foil to a lot of people, uh, without it being a gimmick. Like, he doesn't have to have someone he is countering to be good. And I think he is, he's one of those models, like, like, he's powerful and he can be kind of a splash character, but at the same time... There's a lot of finesse with him, knowing how to actually efficiently use him. He's such... It's so important on where you actually position him, which seems counterintuitive because he's so fast. But if you put him in the wrong spot, you lose a massive amount of his synergy and his power. Um, And so, like, as somebody who's played with Ghost Rider a ton, I feel like I'm very good at playing against him. And when people put Ghost Rider on the table against me, they feel like he doesn't do anything. Because, like Jeremy said... You either ignore him or you kill him. But the fact that if you ignore him or kill him is not actually your decision. It's your opponent's decision. And so, and they don't realize they're making it a lot of the time. Like if you put him too far aggressively forward, he does get killed. You put him too far back, he gets ignored because he's out of judgment range. And so it's that like fine line. There's like that little area he's got to be in. And if you put him in the wrong spot, you activate him too early or too late. He can lose a lot of his effectiveness. So he's... His model definitely needs some practice, which is, I think is why he wasn't getting a lot of play before. Um, but he clearly has a lot of potential, and I, I like him a lot in splashes. He, yeah, he does something interesting where uh, every time I'm like, okay, I could play Ghost Rider as a counter, but then when my opponent flips their list and they don't have the model I played Ghost Rider for to counter, I'm still fine. Because Ghost Rider's still going to do something. Like it's it's not that he's I'm never mad that I took him like oh man I just sold out for this and now I'm spending five points on Ghost Rider I've never once thought that because I was like okay now I have Ghost Rider to do stuff anyway and as far as what Jeremy said about him getting one shotted and like taken off the table by big guys that's definitely possible but I actually feel it's not as bad as it feels for a lot of people the concept of him getting to come back to life. Like, if I'm just, like, just we're starting this from the perspective of I will have Ghost Rider until round three. If you're dumping all your big attacks into him, like, that's fine. Like, that just means the rest of my list gets to live to round four. Yeah. It's... And so I think I think it's not that big of a deal. 
uh, because he's got that insurance. I was always nervous about that because most of the time when I play Ghost Rider, people just ignore him completely, which is generally to my benefit because I'm going to be using his passives to hurt people. But just the other day, someone was playing Immortal Hulk, and so I played Ghost Rider um, in case I needed to counter it, and I did. And then he sent Immortal Hulk straight at Ghost Rider, killed me on round three. I brought Ghost back. I ghost bought Ghost Rider back um, on that round, and still and won because he spent so much time killing ghost rider and doing nothing else with the mortal hulk he never like bullied all my models around he never threw a bunch of stuff he never he never scored a bunch of things he was just spending so much time making sure ghost rider died and ghost rider came back to life anyway uh with full health and he was like oh crap now i have to kill ghost rider with my other models because mortal hulk's out of position and so that was it like the game was over because he kind of because he he too he too rounded ghost rider and he lost so it's still he should have been he should have been KOing three other models, right? Um, but he didn't. He just got Ghost Rider and he didn't get Ghost Rider. He mm-hmm. I, it would be uh, here's another way to put it. What if Immortal Hulk spent the first three turns of the game killing Rocket Raccoon? And that's all he did. Well that would feel terrible, right? That would feel like you had mm-hmm. to lose. That's that is what happened. He spent the first three turns of the game and he killed Rocket Raccoon. That's what he did. Rocket Raccoon got on the flip ruined. side though, it's not it's not impossible for them to be correct in killing him because no. like I played a game at the shop and I was able to force my opponent to play Deal with the Devil before Rocket or Ghost Rider had made an attack action. Mm-hmm. And so like it it is up to counterplay. Like you you can definitely I feel like Ghost Rider is a perfect example of a model who the better player with the model wins that matchup. Mm. Yeah. As where sometimes as like the better Malekith player in a particular matchup doesn't necessarily decide the outcome because he's very proactive. Ghost Rider is so reactive that mm-hmm. the better Ghost Rider player on the back end can actually make it hard for you to use him. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think it's it's something just to pay attention to. But anybody out there who thinks they might like Ghost Rider in their list, if you play him the first time and you don't like him, play him again. Like that, that's that's yeah. what I think the lesson there is. Keep trying him because I think you once you get his rhythm down. He'll just feel great. All right. That was our first one. Uh, Jeremy, you're up next. I am up next. Let me spin the wheel. Um, So the one I came up with is one we see everywhere at this point, and it's Red Skull, Master of Hydra. Um, (laughs) Can this dude do no wrong? I mean, like, (laughs) so he's got a grunt, so he loves to hang out on any of the um, missions that are uh, in the back or anywhere. Um, he hits like a truck. The joke to me is he's a three-point model with a two-point model attached to him. That's just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, he deals with the big boy meta just fine. Uh, he deals with lots of models on the board just fine. He is just money in pretty much everything he does. He can switch his uh, armor his, his, to whatever he needs. And when you're being scared of being thrown all the time, it's amazing because he doesn't really deal with it if he doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much all I have to say about him. I mean, what 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 do you got? Um, Parker, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I think you and I will probably have the same opinion. Um, I think his challenge sa- accepted. <clears throat> I think his saving grace is the grunt because I I think people overstate his ubiquity. Um, my goes. I played him a lot, and I because I really liked his grunt. I love his grunt. I love his grunt play. I love all the things he does with grunts. I also like that he has this, like, you know, this this card in his back pocket. Just like here, I'll go ahead and uh, make sure you die this turn. You know, my make my turning my making my dice 
better than your dice. Um, I like that a lot. But he is not a shock trooper, and he is not, I'm just going to go hold a point by myself. Um, he's not a ghostwriter where you can just be like, I'm going to stick him somewhere a little bit dangerous. He is a glass cannon. He is made of brittle sugar glass. Um, and I think people take him because he does have the ability to turn his dice, and so they'll he'll remove models if he has the initiative. Uh, what I mean, like the generic initiative, not not priority. Tempo? But, yeah. You mean tempo. Right. So if he has the tempo, he he can just knock you down and set you down, and that feels great. But I think his Leviathan armor, in it's funny, against some characters, he's just a pure ultimate nullifier. Like against Ebony Maw, he just says, uh, you can't. <laughs> and he goes, oh man, I can't. And so there are funny like matchups that he has that his Leviathan armor just cancels them out. But most of the time, he cannot go up against two characters. Like a three-pointer and a two-pointer will just wreck him. Um, that's that's what I've experienced with him. However, his grunt and the plays with his grunt is so strong. Um, he does so many things because of his because of his the ubiquity of that grunt. Um, and he himself does have that offensive. I point at you. You can die right now. Um, I think he is a really good five pointer, and I think he is worth considering. But I think especially worth considering if you want to spend one out of faction model to get two people to score secure. I think that's what he actually is really good at. This passive, I'm going to be a one out of faction model and count as a three and a two, like you very accurately stated. Okay. Um, I don't directly agree with Parker. Um, it's we're, we're not of two minds, I would say, though. Okay. So when it comes to five pointers in this game, I look at them as basically... Um, the, the difference between fours and fives are basically the haves and the have-nots, right? So the four-pointers are flawed characters that are good. And three-pointers are flawed characters that have many flaws. So the difference between a four and a five is basically you get all of the extra shit, too. So, like, looking at um, Angela as opposed to, um, I don't know, like, like Killmonger. Like, Angela has all that she has, like, and then, and then, and then. She's got all these other abilities. She gets all the the cool, fluff, utility stuff also. Yeah. And I feel like Red Skull is a four-point model pushed as hard as they can at what they already did. And so he's got an amazing amount of utility through the, the generic buff support abilities of his armor, his action ability to gain power, uh, his, his grunt troopers. All of that is a, just a tremendous amount of utility. And then we're going to back it up with a tremendous amount of damage. And but he he just is completely lacking in the other aspects of like proactive abilities, um, like strong defense, and most importantly, action economy. Like mm -hmm. those, like so they left him with big holes, unlike a lot of the other five pointers. But they made him just so good at the two things he does that he is definitely worth five points. But he's still a flawed character. I love Red Skull too. I think he's really fun to play, and I think he's good in the game. But I just think because he is lacking in those two aspects, he is vulnerable. Is the only thing I'm worried about. So people that have proactive movement, like people that can charge into him, are not scared of him. Like he is actually very weak against those types of characters. Like Malekith does not give a shit if Red Skull's standing on the other side of the table. Like he's just gonna walk in, one shot him, and do whatever he wants for the rest of the game and so like that's a problem and so like he's not like a super tier character for me 
but he's clearly a model that people are going to be playing because he's got all these great abilities that you need to be aware of. And because he has those flaws, you need to be aware of it because you need to not take advantage of it. If your list just kind of stand, like if you're playing against criminals with Kingpin and he's playing a bunch of potatoes against you, Red Skull's going to be literally unstoppable, right? He's just going to be nuclear striking people off the table while being invulnerable. And he's going to have magical Christmas land. But on the backside, you're playing against like Convocation. That's more of a problem. So I, I like this character a lot. He's clearly very good. I think the piece that's important is he's very static. And that's his mm. weakness. I do, I think saying he's a glass cannon, he has seven health with four physical and one of the other on the back. I, I think that's a little not yeah, exactly he's, true. So he's a 13 hit points is about two above average, and his total defensive stats is going to be about 11, which is two above average as well. And try about like four defensive points above like the average three-point stat line. He's not terrible for sure, but... It's really all of his actual survivability is in his Leviathan armor effects, yeah. where he's like, I'm immune to collisions, or I can't right. be pushed, or whatever. Like, that's really his extra defense where it comes from. And he almost always throughout the game is going to take a damage to get power. That's what I was going to say. He he usually takes two right. damage. I've seen him take usually two damage a game. I, I've done four to him before in a game. Yeah. Like, it, like, sometimes yeah. you just need the power. But you, when you need the power, it's worth it. So oh, it's yeah. not like... It's not like a big flaw. Like, obviously, yeah. you wouldn't do it if it was bad. But mm-hmm. a lot of the times, the real stuff he's being used for is, like, turn one hammer plays with eye on the prize and shit like that. So it's like, he's not only taking damage, but he's becoming a loot pinata. Yeah. And he does not have the defense to nope. back that up. He doesn't. Which is why, when we talked about this previously, I said that I think Red Skull with Hammers is actually a bad idea. Especially if your opponent has a strong model like Malekith or Ghost Rider that can go <laughs> take that from him. And there's not much he can do about it. Right. Outside of like sacrifice and escort to safety and shit like that, he's not defensive. Mm-hmm. Like he's just not. He is the defensive stat line of a four pointer. Isn't it funny? We live in a world now that if you don't have damage reduction or healing, you're mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, you're not, you're not very, you know, stout. <laughs> it's like, well, oh my gosh, it's not damage reduction and healing specifically, but it's his. He has a moderately like he is as survivable as Carnage. Like that's what we're talking about here. Like, Carnage gets one-shotted. Like, seven hit points is great. It is noticeably better than a lot of Like, this guy lives as long as Green Goblin does because he doesn't have another thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't need to be damage reduction. It yeah. could be rerolls. It could be, you know, like, um, the convocation place leadership. It could be anything. He, right. But the fact is he just doesn't have yeah. a good defense ability. And in this game, defensive abilities are better than defensive stats. So... It's just like, it's just yeah. not enough there. And that, that's just the only thing I'm worried about. Yeah, that's why I think he feels like, I also think he has a huge target in his face because he's such an offensive, mm-hmm. um, such an offensive powerhouse. People go, I have to kill Red Skull. And so I think that's another reason why maybe he feels more brittle to me is that. He's also short he, range. Like he right. has to mm-hmm. engage the enemy. And if he hits his wilds, he can back up. But if you're backing up, you're losing action economy yet again. Because and he so doesn't like, have it himself. Yeah. Most people don't. And right. so they move forward and that just gets him killed. But you, know, you cannot stand up to his damage. Like, if you just try and stand there and duel him, you're probably going to lose. And so you have to send two people after him. But the problem is the second guy probably gets him. Mm-hmm. That's why I said the three-pointer and a two-pointer probably gets him. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably not, because he kills the three and the two doesn't kill him. I'm picturing, like, somebody who actually goes <laughs> after people. I'm picturing, like, a, a nebula and uh, something. Like, like, somebody who actually goes and kills. A two-pointer that kills things. But... Okay, so all both of those people. Yep. That's what I'm thinking. That's yeah, so if you invest 
two combat efficient models, you can probably bring him down, but you're not guaranteed to because mm-hmm. your stats are not irrelevant. Like you right. might just not get the dice and then he'll live and kill everybody. Right. So you have to be careful, obviously. All right. Uh, so Red Skull 2, Electric Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess it's my turn. Uh, I'm gonna leave the low hanging fruit for you uh, newbies over there, and I'm gonna go with the uh, the uh, my favorite guy on this list that's still there. Um, not in the fluff, but my favorite guy in the game, Modok. Oh, I, I thought I had a good guess, but I was wrong. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I. So if we're going by theme, I pick somebody else. But okay. Modok. Modok is my boy. Modok has stayed with me throughout the course of this game, and he's been. My, one of my most favorite models to play with. And again, coming back to it, comes down to that you get all of your toys when you're a five-pointer. And he was the first example of that. Mm-hmm. He has, uh, at the time, the best damage type in the game. Um, he has uh, action economy with his big attack, because he can create extra attacks in a round. Uh, he has a throw. He has board control. He has rerolls. He has dice mods for his opponents. He has an amazing stat line. He just does it all. And so the only thing he doesn't have is like self movement, which would be banana sandwich. You would have everything in the game. He can't, that's not, you can't have a five pointer, have every ability in the game and a great stat line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what doesn't he do? We all know Modok's great. He's one of the best blasters in the whole game. Um, the just psionic force field, the fact that you turns the enemy wilds to blanks is worth a point in my brain. If you have 10 health on the front, like that is worth a point. It's pretty crazy. It's fucking insane. This is one of the best abilities in the entire game. When you compare it, that's on a size four model with 10 health on the front side. That might be the single best special power in the game. It's so crippling to opposing offense to just lose one quarter of their successes and almost all of their trigger effects. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, that was one of those things power, that I don't think they yeah. can ever... You know, they always... They'll... You'll see those powers pop up on here, this model and that model, but I don't think that one can ever appear again. I don't think it can. I think it could oh. very easily, but it cannot be on a model with 10 health. Yeah. It, like, if it was just like, you've got five, but you they don't get wilds, like mm-hmm. that's something we can live with. Right? It's on Swan. I mean, but now they pay for it. Yeah, it's right. the Warfare version. for They spend one to... to mm-hmm. Is it blanked or rerolled? I think it's blanked. It's, it's blanked. blanked, yeah. Okay. So perfect example, we just talked about Red Skull. It, like the game has changed so much that that's not even that bad against some people. <laughs> True enough. But anyway, I don't know how what else we could say about this guy. He's so great. Um he's like the gold standard of, you know, a controlly blaster. Uh, um there, here's one thing. As a guy who did not play at, when he came out and he was such a big, a pervasive model when he came out. I remember when I started playing the game, um, aside from you guys who were still, you know, waving that proud Modoc flag and got me to notice him, he does not exist, right? Um, I don't see people reaching for him, and they're he all he doesn't wrong. exist outside the Stojo. Yeah, uh, they're all yeah. Wrong. I, people talk about it all the time, dude. I <laughs> I was crushing people with Modoc at LVO. Like yeah. people are like, oh, As you're playing I. Modoc. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And like, and they're like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, right. why? And he's like, well, Modoc's not. He got nerfed. I'm like. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's just like, like they see him come through the black Bifrost yeah. with like dark rain up and they're like, 
oh wait a second yeah. he just like shit houses their whole list <laughs> yeah. like oh my god like yeah that's exactly what happened. as, as it more? turns out when they nerfed modok they didn't take away his ability to like completely yeah. take over like i love you just... modok turns you're like when is your modok turn ending i was like oh it never ends i'm just gonna mm-hmm. keep doing things and then and yeah, then and, yeah. and then it just it's yeah what, he does what everything more can you ask want? from a model honestly yeah except mm-hmm. placing himself if that's he, it he, that's it and, and they're like, oh, it's okay. I position my guide to where you can't throw the size three into me. You're like, okay, bow, walk you in front of that thing. Now throw it at you. You're like, great. I, I love this game yeah. so much. Every every but single yeah. time, everything somebody talks about, like their Midnight Suns list, and they're like, oh, man, you're going to put Hulk in there. Hulk's great in there. I go, yeah, but what about MODOK? For three, mm-hmm. you know, for two points less, he's he do so much. And you're like, eh, I don't know, MODOK. You're like, what are you talking about? If MODOK yeah, could place they himself... Don't, they just don't see it. Yeah. They, they literally just don't see it. He's just fallen out of the meta. He, it was one of those psychological nerfs. Yeah. They like they read the report, said MODOK has been nerfed. Don't worry about him anymore. And they yeah. just took him out of lists, and they haven't seen him since. Yeah. If you but, just... The, like, my, he's my second person in the Midnight Suns list. It was... If you... The just the terror. MODOK with, like, nine power comes through... The Black Bifrost. Yeah. You play Dark Rain on like a Hulk, and he does two he he can like bow that guy into position. Well, not and do the other thing, but mm-hmm. like he can either bow people into position or just unload with Doomsday Chair and hit Hulk with two seven die full reroll attacks, then hit other people with seven die attacks as well, and then still like throw something afterwards, depending on like what you're doing yeah. with like all your other abilities and stuff. Uh it's there's so much you can do. Well, Listeners, can if you smash think a doomsday chair four models for like yeah, 10. he could he could still so smash a size dice. four, you, size three. Size you three. can smash a size three. Yeah, and he's doing yeah. ten he's die doomsday one. chair attacks yeah. with potential dark rain full rerolls, and he it, because Hulk doesn't actually die; he just gets dazed. So you can't even mm-hmm. lose the extra attack into other people. Mm-hmm. And he's doing four ten die attacks, two of which are fully rerolled, and then also he still has the power to throw a size three piece of trade on top of all of that. Oh, and, and then when you yeah. go back to kill him, when you go back to kill him, if he's only days two or three people, how are you doing it? Fucking Malakit doesn't kill him sometimes. Like, it's just yeah. insane how hard he is to take off the table. The, the first time you guys ever says, okay, now I'm going to do uh, his throw. And I went, you're nowhere close to any terrain. And, and he goes, and he goes, you're nowhere close to me and you're nowhere close to any terrain. And you go, no, it's within, it's a size three within three. And he throws it long. And I went, what? What? I thought that was like a, like a premium thing. You're like, oh yeah, he has all the premium things. He has the yeah. best version of all these things. It was and designed for killing. Yeah, only, only for killing. <laughs> and, and apparently, it was designed for moving stuff. <laughs> any, anytime, it's so funny. Anytime somebody would say like, I don't know how you could possibly make defenders good. I go, just put Modok in. Modok goes mm. through the same portal, and you can imagine if you could heal him with Doctor Strange. Like that's already good. Like he's he's already oh yeah well because back in the day when you could reroll Modok was in defenders yeah and so you would you go like all right I'm gonna attack him cool he's gonna roll five dice against your energy attack rerolling up to three of them and then on my turn he heals three and you're just like what <laughs> like it's like how do you kill this person you're like you don't and then you eventually get him down oh and you lose your wilds obviously yeah. you eventually get him down he's like cool field dressing patch up uh on Strange's turn so now I'm also gonna heal him three so he heals. Nine damage yeah. after getting field dressed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my um, god. He was he was the second model in my shield list, and he was amazing. He's amazing at shield. There mm-hmm. was like there there's he is 
so much uh you know what a model he reminded me of as soon as i started playing this game because i just came off of x-wing he reminds me of like the han solo millennium falcon like every time they make a new model you you'd have to Mm -hmm. go yeah but is he better than han solo millennium falcon like is he and and they and they nerfed han once during the game like when once ever and then people really kind of you know took a back seat to him and other models came out that were the same point-ish level and the similar chassis, and so people like gravitated towards the new, so the new, the new shinies. But I was like, but Han was always great, and he will always be great. He's always above the curve, always. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what that's what this guy reminds me in this game, not because they're similar types of models, but because they're similar roles in the meta. Um, the so like we've talked about, I guess you guys haven't hit me with any like devil's advocate stuff here, so I'll do it for myself. Um, you, if you're going to play him, you should play him with somebody that can modify his ability to move around, like people mm-hmm. that have uh, place effects like Lockjaw or Sam Wilson leadership or Malekith leadership or Black Bifrost or, you know, Pentagram of Farley. Anything like that. Anything that add movement to him is obviously massively useful. Um, but, you know, you don't really have to give him a lot. He... He's so long range. He only usually needs to move once. Uh, I I used though I, I loved him in shield because of sit rep. It was it was first turn. He gets to advance short, and now he's ready. Like he's ready to go. Yeah. The other fun thing, if you do play him on like riots, he can like a first turn double move to one of the side points, mm-hmm. and then you just like put two other people over there. It's like so Modok's healing three around if yep. they try to kill him. It's just like great. It's so fun. I think the only thing he's weak to is rapid fire because most of those are physical and there's just a shitload of small ones he hates mm-hmm. that and he also hates throws people it, throwing shit throws. at him yeah big has throws to be big throws not li- like size twos isn't going to cut it you have to hit him with way too many of them but if you can hit him with one or two size fours man it's it, it's totally different ballgame it, it, yeah he melts yeah yeah what i usually do to kill him is i uh i just line up malekith and just bump malekith into him repeatedly i'm like all right cool now that's done <laughs> It's like, all right, so Modok and Malekith have gone cool. Rhino activates. I, this is a robbery. Throw Malekith into Modok. Cool. <laughs> it's like, then walk over, throw the truck into Modok. All right, next turn, I'm going to try and get both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. He's so good in his, and he's also, he's so good in his affiliations and then out of his affiliations. He's, um, you, all you right. are right. You win. I think you win. Good choice. All right, we're moving on. Uh, Parker, you're up again. Um, I'm actually going to go for um, one of my new favorite ubiquitous models, and it's because of her new like traction in the meta is Angela. Um, she's always had the the turn one go get it, you know, and bring it back to your side of the table. Um, but I think she's this new scenario pack just opened up so many new things that she could do, uh, where she can. Now she can play Eyes of the Prize also and steal uh, a, a several different objectives from your opponent's side of the field and bring it back over. So now not only are they losing the centerline stuff from her, now they're losing their own stuff from her, stuff they should count on, stuff they're they're hoping to get. Um, and now she can do really interesting plays. Like she can go up and she can you know pick up one, uh, get another one pretty easily. Like she can get two if she's not playing Eyes on the Prize. She is a great early game as a vault uh she's one of the only characters in the game that you're totally satisfied early in the game using her as a secure vault because later in the game she's a cleanup monster like if you have a couple models on their side that have two or three health left she will just ping pong through them all and wreck them uh she's not a shock troop but she's really good at cleaning up and because you want to protect her in the early game and she is so fast 
Uh, your opponent generally doesn't even try to go get her. So if you can survive without that five points in the early game, if you're playing a list that's got a lot of staying power minus her, then at the end of the game, she will come back and just wreck people when the field is a little bit safer. And as, as soon as I learned that about playing her, I just love her. And it, every time I don't have her in a list, I miss her. I, I have to think of something else to do about her because she's she's so good at that exact job that I've come to appreciate her for. Uh, as soon as I stopped using her as a, like a go-fast attacker like X-23, and I'm now using her as a, a late-game cleanup model, she's great. Jeremy? I find that Angela will live forever, whereas Hela will die immediately. And I don't... like <laughs> Their stats are very similar. I don't know how it happens, but... I mean, they're forced across um, the top. They're both pretty quick. So they have the same defensive stats, except Angela's three more health on the backside. But but Hela comes back to life almost assuredly once, mm-hmm. which will result in her having one more health than Angela does. Uh, okay. But yeah, I actually totally agree with you. Uh, Hela dies like a bitch, and then like Angela just doesn't sometimes. <laughs> I, like, I don't get to it. be fair though. Like Angela <laughs> dies sometimes too. Yeah, like they both. It's like, oh, well, I blanked out and you rolled five, so I'm dead. Like, that just happens. Because, again, defensive stats over defensive rules. Her speed and everything. She does run a table. I mean, if if she's not controlled and she is late game just running about, she is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's strange yeah, It's strange how bad angel. her kit is at the beginning of the game, though. Like, it doesn't do at all what you want to do at the beginning. But, man, at the end, she'll just start dropping things. It's so interesting. And she has two power, so with all the new scenarios, like the two power is super important these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate this model so much. I think she's actively bad, and I, I watch everyone play her, and I'm just like, I, <sighs> I just don't understand. Like, I hate it. I absolutely hate this model. I wish she didn't exist in the game. Well, actually, I don't, because I feel like people that play her are disadvantaging themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think anybody who goes, I'm going to take Angela because I heard she's awesome on scenarios on the internet. I think that's wrong. I think you need to have yeah. like a no, reason so to play it, her. Yeah, they just teach people badly how to use her. And so the only reason I didn't scream at you immediately is because you caveated everything you said with, she cannot participate in the early part of the game. Yeah. It's basically how this model works. She right. needs to hide because she cannot, she is not a five point model. No. She just is not. Mm-mm. And it's like, her attacks are barely justifiable for a five-point model. Fucking barely. By one single digit on the card. If she had a five-dice builder instead of a six-dice builder, there would be zero argument this model should be a five-pointer. And so the rest of her kit is a five-pointer solely because she's a long-moving medium base that gets two power. That's why. I'm Mm -hmm. just like, oh my god, really? Like, you compare her to, like, Rhino, and it's like, these models are very similar. The only difference is one is slightly faster and has two power on the first turn. Anyway, I don't like her because of that. It traps newer players into thinking she's good, and then they they frustrated, and they don't understand the problem is they're playing Angela. And so what you were saying, though, which is the only reason I didn't yell at you, is <laughs> if you if you play her correctly, which is hide from your opponent until the end of the game and hope that the rest of your list while down five points has managed to inflict major casualties on your opponent. (laughs) I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't usually play down five points, but I don't feel like I have this huge reserve of forces at the end of most games, (laughs) but I guess you just like, I don't understand. Like, and so I also hate turn one gimmicks where it's like, 
I'm just going to spend two tactics cards and a five-point model to go up one victory point on the first turn. And that's a smart strategy. I'm like, I fucking hate that kind of shit. I'm like, how would you just come over here? I beat your ass. I take all the points. Like, let's do that. And it's like, that's how I want to play the game. So it's it's just the opposite of my play style, which is like, probably why I hate her so much. But I just don't like her. I, I don't like the whole concept. I don't like what she stands for. It's like, I don't like our advanced R&D either. I wish it wasn't in the game. Because it just encourages play styles that I think are bad for the game. Yeah, I think... Go ahead. uh, Yeah, I just... Her... Talking about her combat ability, coming in against weaker models, she obviously excels at, because she's not actually meant to kill big models. Mm -mm. But newer players, specifically, will read Heaven's Wrath and go, oh, she cuts the head off of Hulks. And like, that is not what she does. Do not try that. No. (laughs) Like, you will just get broken in half repeatedly. And so, I I don't like that. Obviously, the size 4 throw is good. Um, Her assassin ability is good. But, I mean, it's actively worse than the four-point version of her. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't like her. Yeah, she's she is... The the value she has is... If you like, for example, if you like splitting up your opponent's list, she is really... She will... You can, you know, you can juke people really easily with her. She's a master... She's a monster at juking. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a D deployment and... Uh, you know, uh, two two secure she can gather, or an eyes of the prize take their you know take their scroll off of their side. Then now it's you you will just hard deploy everything on one side, send Angela to the other side, and then she'll leave immediately as soon as they commit anything towards Angela. She just runs away, and now your opponent has you know seven ish points. Try to they sent to kill Angela against your other the rest of your and then they've split their forces in half for you, and Angela's already gone because she's so fast. So that's how you. If you have priority. Right, right, right. Yes. This yeah. is, and that's why I think people go, I, I was just talking to somebody on uh, on Discord the other day who was asking for A-Force help, and she's in A-Force, so we're not really talking about inside your own affiliation, but they're like, I always use Angela. She seems so good. I was like, Angela is only good in this very exact situation, the one I described, but she is really good in that exact situation, and it does come up a bunch now with these new scenarios. But you have to be willing and prepared to play basically down four points mm-hmm. for the whole game. And if you get firewalled, you just kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you just quit. Just, just There's a lot of ways to actually apply slow. It's not just firewall. Firewall is actually... Like, actually, Hawkeye is actually, like, her death. Because he can chase her down. He can be out of her attack range. And he can give her slow. Which is oh, hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she oops. is not... Oh, yeah. she Like I said, she is a she is a very specific key. But the key got a lot more locks to open with the new scenario mm-hmm. pack. Um, so last two things for Angela. One of the jokes I used to tell people at the store was you, you take another character card, you turn it sideways and you cover up everything on her card below her stat line and not even like her defensive stats, just like the point cost, the health, the movement, the base size. And you just like cover that up and then like the card stops right above Asgardian. I'm like, this is why you play Angela. These four numbers here and the Asgardian words. That's all you care about. The rest of her card might as well fucking be blank, which is why I don't like her. All right. Uh, anybody have anything else to say about Angela? Okay. Jeremy, you're up. I think I'll leave the easy one or the most obvious one for you, Brandon. Ooh. So I'll take the other one, um, which means I only think there's probably two left on here, but maybe I can be convinced. Uh, I think Ulick is pretty phenomenal these days. Comes with two power. Uh, he is... He goes wherever he wants on the board. Damage reduction. He's got a humongous health pool. He throws things. Um, he can again. He can basically punch anyone on the table anywhere uh, with his just a single power help. 
um, yeah, I mean, you can't really take him out with any single model in the game in one round. He is very, very difficult to get rid of. Uh, and for five points, he feels just about right. Like, I like him. And he goes pretty much anywhere. Like, you can put him in any list and you're going to go, yep, this feels fine. Parker? I, I have a very negative opinion of Ulick, not because of anything you just said. You don't like trolls. No, it's because the one game, the one game I played him, he went four rounds against Domino and could not daze her. (laughs) Nobody Uh, can daze Domino. uh, It was, (laughs) it was the most terrible, terrible, terrible thing I've ever uh, like seen a five point model do. I think you're exactly right. I've also seen him come across the table and daze uh, two of my models turn one, I think. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. he just, he walked up, he got one power uh, on turn one, did his jump, smashed one of my models, didn't knock him out, threw something at him, knocked him out, and then he had enough power still to to jump again, and he knocked, he just one shot at one of my two-pointers. Like, it was, it was amazing. So, Ulik is a fantastic Blitz model, I would agree. Uh, he has, he has a, a really high ceiling to just totally tilt the game very early. Uh, I think his stock diminishes a lot as the game goes on. Maybe I'm wrong and somebody could disagree with me, but I feel like he is a blitz model. He will, he takes a huge advantage early as the game goes on. I would rather have somebody that could displace models or, um, or activate them. Um, because well, that's what he does yeah, late game. Yeah, I guess he can. He can push. <laughs> Shatter does Auto do some stagger. things. Yeah, the auto stagger. Auto stagger activated. Yeah, man, it's for yeah, it's, it's for legit. Turn four, be afraid. Mm-hmm. But it's not very likely. So the annoying part is like, okay, cool, you're gonna try and activate them. It's fucking nine dice, <laughs> dude. Just kill it's them. no joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess it's not I a guess cat it's just scratch my, for a damage. I guess it's just in my experience. He, <laughs> he I guess I in the two games I've seen him so far. He's either he either blitzed my whole game off and it was over on turn one. <laughs> it was literally was over on turn one because of Ulik. Uh, and the other one, I watched him do nothing, and I lost because I spent five points on a model that could not do anything he was designed to do, which was just a really bad game. So yeah, uh, so like you've obviously had weird dice interactions with him, yeah, and he I've is a dice reliant character, so that's going to happen. Like yeah. you're not going to have the same Ulick every game because he's exclusively a dice bot. Uh-huh. He rolls <laughs> dice against people. That's all he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that is, if I had a problem with him, that's him. Is he doesn't he he has a lot of utility as long as he's rolling dice, um, and they're they're popping up. Hmm. Uh, I think this is a pretty solid design space for a five pointer. Um, like we've been talking about before, um, five pointers basically get everything. So he's got damage reduction. He's got power generation. He's got uh, proactive movement. He's got a throw. He's got uh, control. He's got high damage. He's got good stats. Like the only thing he doesn't have is you know, a like grunt range <laughs> the only thing he doesn't have is like uh what was i had something for this what was the thing he doesn't have is it just range Dice oh mod? scenario he has like doesn't have scenario ability mm-hmm. like he doesn't have board control well because he can he does push on a wild terrain i guess that's fair but yeah, i mean pushes on wilds are pretty common mm-hmm. um but yeah he's he kind of just is like he's literally the shock trooper, right? He's the opposite of Angela. You want him to get engaged mm-hmm. as quickly as possible, and you want to just force the point with your opponent. Um, I don't think he's particularly impressive, but I think he's exactly where a five point combat beast should be. Like yep. he should be a problem. He should like when you see Ulik, you'd be like, all right, 
this is going to be hard, but I'm going to have to just kill him because I can't ignore him. He's just going to be yeah. in my face the whole fucking game. And this this is actually one of the things I like about Ulick that he does that I should try him again is one of my favorite things in the game is to make my opponent have to divert their attention. And because mm-hmm. he can go so far, he can fly onto their back point, fly onto their back line. And now your opponent is no longer fighting where they wanted to fight. Now they have to go, oh, crap. Do I turn around and stop Ulick from killing? Because I picked up an extract with my ranged guy and went back on the back point to score two points a turn. And Ulick is already on top of him at the end of turn one. Jesus. Like that is <laughs> a, that is something that Ulick does very, very well. And it's not just, you know, dangerous. You could lose the game because he kills the guy, picks up the point, And now he's just bullying everything that comes close to him. Um, mm-hmm. It is, it is something they could win to go down, to go behind their line. Right. Yeah. I mean, if they have like a cheap model, they've left in the rear. <laughs> That has picked up an extract and is standing on it secure. Right. That's a four point swing mm-hmm. if he goes back there and takes that guy out. Right. Like, and so, yeah, it's a massive splash. And most people don't put resources into defending that guy because you don't have the ability to realistically threaten them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a completely game changing situation. Right. And obviously, if you're not accustomed to playing a Zulik, you're not going to be prepared for it, but it's something you have to be care- careful of. Even if you are prepared for it, there are so many games that happen in that middle, that middle circle, that middle oval, you know, that it's just mm-hmm. like, like, I need to be here. I don't, I, I can't send three models yeah. back there to kill Ulick. Just think about how many times in a game you make a decision that is a consolation choice based on mobility you have access to mm-hmm. or cost of that mobility. Cause he, he's very commonly refunding the entire cost because he's doing a builder off of it. Right. Um, it's like, Eat Ghost Riders, like, I'm going to drive and then do this. But it's like, yeah, but then what? Okay, well, then my second attack is going to be on this guy because he's close. But mm-hmm. you, when you're thinking about, like, you're basically placing, was it, range four and a half every time you use the, the mm-hmm. jump? It's like, all right, I place five over here, kill that guy. Place five over here, pick this up and kill that guy. And you're like, what? Like, like you're just all over the fucking board. And yeah, he is reasonably hard to kill, but he's not actually as stout as he's made out to be he's actually he's just black dwarf like black dwarf's hard to kill mm-hmm. he's gonna take a lot of resources but he's not invincible by any means like he falls down the problem is because he's so fucking mobile he's never gonna land in a spot where you can hit him easily right and mm-hmm. so it's he's like he's gonna be on the outskirts of the battle as he after he ends his activation so you're not really gonna get an opportunity to swing back into him because he's he's just like he's like the fucking he's like a skirmisher that is made out of a boulder <laughs> he's just like rolling laps around the table bouncing around right yeah, yeah. just like because juggernaut rolls this guy bounces like he whoa, whoa, whoa. no juggernaut runs yeah juggernaut is rolls <laughs> all right all right moving on uh obviously the next character that is up here and probably should have been na- named first or earlier, at least, is uh, the Juggernaut. Uh, that was that. I, okay, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you you said that because I was. I thought I thought he was your first choice. Go ahead. This feels like the biggest waste of time, honestly. Because who the fuck plays this game doesn't know who Juggernaut is at this point. Like everyone yeah. plays Juggernaut nowadays. Uh, he's he made such a fucking impact when he hit this when he hit the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, um, for people who don't know. Um, he is the biggest abstract model in the entire game. He's a five-point model that only ever makes one attack, which is just head-on-pants retarded. Like, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. <laughs> but it works so well. And so what people... 
and people see him, they go, this is ridiculous. This is the most broken thing I've ever seen. Because, like, he moved from here to here and did an eight dice attack. Nobody else can do that. It's like, that is correct. They designed him to be a unique piece in the game, which is great. That's exactly what he should do. Um, because most people, it's hard to see from the outside looking in. You kind of have to pilot him to understand. It's one dice roll a turn that he gets to make. Mm-hmm. And so it's he's going to whiff on a few of them. It's like So that means probably throughout the game he's going to have four relevant attacks. So he's not an attrition piece. That's not what he does. No. He is a distraction mobile tank. And so 100% of his value to the game is in his mobility and his survivability. Like they're just like a two-edged sword that is going to come in and do something nothing else in the game can do. Which is get in, get something from somebody, and get out. And nobody's going to be able to say he's going to go where he wants, he's going to do what he wants. And it's so hard to deal with. And then you stack on top of that the basically immune to control effects... Because he's basically immune to stagger, and he's immune to pushes, and he's basically immune to, to a lot of the other stuff that happens to him. And so he's just like, he's so hard to get your hands on. You position him correctly. He's hard to put attacks into, just for the same reason as Ulick. He's never going to be where you want him to be. It's it's hard to deal with. But at the same time, he's limited in the fact that he's basically never going to have a double attack turn. He has like the opposite of action economy. But because of that, he has effectively infinite movement. It's very, very interesting. What's interesting, too, is we're talking about these things. It's like, oh, you can attack it or ignore it. Juggernaut forces you to just, I have to ignore it. You have like, to ignore it. You have to. You don't have a choice. There's nothing you can do to mm-hmm. it. It's like, mm-hmm. y- it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just ignore it. We talk about Ulik is tough. This guy is so much tougher than Ulik. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once like, in a blue moon, he'll get diced. So much. Once yeah. in a blue moon. Yeah, it's always due to, like, big spikes, right? It's like, oh, I got seven hits on five dice. We're like, yeah, cool. I take six, I guess, because I also rolled zero successes. But, like, he'll just stand there and just take rapid fires all day long. You're like, oh, look, especially if he's with Bangido, he gets cover. And you're just like, cool, so I block three, reduce one. Did you do five? And they're like, no. I'm like, all right, cool, I take zero. I'm like, great. It's it's funny that you mentioned this because you mentioned Brotherhood. Uh, this is the one thing I was going to say about him is even though he definitely belongs in lots of places, for some reason, like you said, everybody played him. But it's funny instead of taking Juggernaut and putting him in your list, everybody just played Brotherhood because he was that exciting. Which is something to be mm-hmm. said about the model. But I haven't actually seen many people take him out. Not to say that he shouldn't be, but you. You don't see Juggernaut in other lists? I, I have put him in other lists, but I don't see it happen very often. And I think mm. it's because I think it's because everybody sees him as a Brotherhood model and they do see all those awesome because he's so he has so many interesting cool combos in Brotherhood. They don't take him out, but he is just as good anywhere else. He does that job just as well mm. anywhere else. And there are other lists that arguably need that job more. Um, I see. I see him but, out of Brotherhood more than I see him in it. That's interesting. I've seen him in Convocation a little bit right when he came out, but that's the only other place I've seen him. Oh, and that I was really he's... just for herbs, though. That like that wasn't like any right. Yeah, because it was a trick. Yeah, yeah. he's but, insane in X Men. Right. You're no. You you will not surprise yeah. me with anything you say. I think he is awesome <laughs> lots of places, but I'm telling you that I just haven't seen him on the table yeah. very much, and I think it's because um, you're playing all these new players. No, I just think don't, it's because people. I think people see yeah. him. I think it's. I think it's a problem. <laughs> I think people see him as a brotherhood model for some reason. They don't see him as a really great model that does this job uniquely, like you said, a very unique model that gets this unique thing done. Um, 
people don't see that and they just see him as oh a really interesting part of a brotherhood strategy and i go i don't think so i think i think he's so much in so many other factions but people don't I actually think, think he's he's borderline skippable in a lot of you, you like you have to have him in your roster but he definitely doesn't make every squad like that's True. not what he's there for like cuz he doesn't play magneto's strategy like magneto's strategy is attrition and he's not what juggernaut is um the cool thing about him though is he does balance out magneto's lack of mobility so they do complement each other mm-hmm. but it's just i don't know it's odd because i think people just like I do think a lot of brotherhood players do just blindly put him in every squad, and I think that's wrong. But part of the reason is also he's really fun to play with because he's so unique, mm-hmm. and he always achieves his goal. I mean, he may not win the game, but whatever you're trying to do with him, he usually does it. Like, mm. I'll get over here, score two points, cool. Oh, dude, I uh, my stream game at LVO, I did two. I'm the Juggernauts into Black Cat, dealt zero damage. And like literally, it lost me the game. Like it's on stream. You can go watch it. Oh, it was That's horrible. <laughs> like, like, oh come on, man. I was like, she had like three hit points. I bumped her twice. Two ten dice attacks. Nothing. Just zero. Later, earlier in that game, also, uh, I did reverse polarity into Malekith on one. To also dealt zero damage and lost. Like it was. Oh, I should have won that game. Oh, I'm so sad. Huh. Anyway, uh, so that's mine. Uh, circling back, Parker. So I actually, my next one that I was going to do, I'm really glad you did Juggernaut, because I feel like this guy is the other side of the coin. He's on, he's printed on the same coin, because there's some things that are identical, but he's the other side of it. And that's Sinnel Prime Mark IV. Um, I think Sinnel Prime Mark IV is, is not played enough. I think he's amazing. And I think people just were turned off by the Sentinel affiliation, but they don't realize that if you take off his leadership, he's still... Like, kind of like you said, a five-pointer should have all the things. He has all the things. Uh, mm. Too much health. Uh, amazing damage buff. His his damage buff on his basic attack is so strong. He has a fantastic dice mod that goes uh, covers so much within four of that huge base. Um, just like Juggernaut, he can't be moved around by attacks and superpowers. Plus, he's size five, so all the stuff that says size four and below, all that also is gone. So he has to be affected by something that does not have the size number on it, which is so big. He is a tree. He's totally immobile, but he is a tree there. He will move your opponent's models all over the place. Um, And the fact that he gets the two power at the end of his activation is so awesome, because then you can really go all out on his turn, and then he will definitely have two power at the end of it for pattern analysis. So you can even like dump all of his stuff just into attacks and moving and make him a really awesome, you know, uh, model during his activation. And at the very end of it, he is going to get two rerolls for the rest of his turn um, for the rest of the round for your army. I think he is super cool for anybody who wants to fight around something in the middle. He's a great drop in. Um, I also don't think people get it. I, I, I think as soon as you put him in, I don't think people understand what, how much damage he himself does by himself he could do so much he certainly can i i watch a lot of games i'm just like okay well like i watch people spike with him a lot and there's like he does so much damage like dude you rolled six on eight like of course you're gonna do damage like mm-hmm. obviously but like i've seen uh, on the flip side a lot of times like you put all this re- all these resources in and then it's just like but then on like your first or second attack you just like fucking whiff you get like three hits and then they block and you're just like okay well, I have no resources now, so I guess my five-pointer's done. Obviously, everyone's vulnerable to dice, mm. and he has rerolls, which helps, but that just means that he's investing even more in single attacks. 
Um, and also they could do stuff like play exceptional healing, which locks you into one power gain, which at the right moment can be really crippling. Um, he's also very vulnerable to stun. Um, I mean, so he has downsides. Right. We, we could obviously. talk about the ways to counter all the five pointers, but I think that he well, has... I'm just bringing this up because I think yeah. I want to make sure people understand that yeah. there's like, this is not only what you do with them, but what you do against them. Yeah. But I think it's, it is amazing that he, every dice he spins to add, and like you said, you could spin dice to add to his basic, or you mm. can spin dice to reroll his basic and then come up with nothing, right? So you're in a power deficit. But as soon as you turn those into damage, not only are you, are they losing health, but you're gaining the power back. Every, we know mm. this. Every model of the game that's ever been able to cycle power while they're doing damage is so mm. strong because they don't lose that tempo. Yeah. Jeremy? Um... I've tried to like this guy. Uh, I just can't. Uh, he's so uh, just random dice. Um, and I emotionally can't handle it. Once he gets in place and has to move somewhere, I can't handle that either. It just makes me so pissed off. Or him getting hit and just crumbling on you. I, it, 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 like, sure, he does the job way better, in my opinion, of what I try to get out of that model. Now, the model has more uses than that, but just for a bucket of you know, re-rolls, I like Shuri better. I'm trying to look at this with, like, a fresh mindset, but every single game i played against Sentinel Prime, I've rolled shitty into him, and he's rolled insane into me. And, like, it feels so punishing when that happens, because, like, okay, well, not only should he just be dead, but also he's getting infinite free power because he keeps spiking attack rolls, and my guys are just falling apart. And so, I like, trying to look at it from, like, the baseline, I definitely see the value, because he's very similar to a lot of other models I like. The you know, big you know, part for him... Go ahead. What? No, I was going to say, you go ahead. You you, you, you didn't finish your thought. Okay. Uh, no, I, I've lost it. Go. I was going to say, one of the models you guys you do like, that I think he's also very similar to, is actually MODOK. Um, and he actually can do what MODOK used to do, which is power cycle all of his attacks, right? Spend a power, mm-hmm. get the power back for doing damage. And he could do so that himself. The difference is, MODOK did that with having the same reroll mechanic, mm-hmm. but he also had sat power on it and it was right. a higher base. So think of it like this. Uh, you are investing zero for MODOK to try and up to three for him to reroll. So the maximum output was three. Sentinel Prime is putting in at least one power just to get up to the equal amount of dice on a shorter range attack and then spending the same amount on rerolls without sat power. Mm-hmm. And so he runs dry way more often than old MODOK did. And so that's what concerns me. And MODOK would have games, and you can ask Jeremy too, like about one in five games. So just like the first two rounds, it's just not working. Like it's like I roll three skulls in the initial roll. I get three hits, but they block two. So it just like it doesn't matter. Like no, nothing really happens. And so it's like a really premium action was wasted. And like when that happens a couple attacks in a row, it's just like you can't get it going and you spent all your power on rerolls. And so like you don't have enough left to do your cool abilities. It's like it, it was an issue. Mm-hmm. As that's why I'm worried about Sentinel Prime investing five points in a static model that has a noticeably shorter range, that has arguably worse defense, even though he's got a lot of health. Like I would mm-hmm. much rather have obviously Modok's force field than mm-hmm. his extra four health on the back. Um, so I'm just concerned about him. I know he has a lot of holes. I think if you build around him, he's very potentially good. Mainly you need to have mobility built in, because if he's doing one advance and then just rolling like the equivalent of was it 11 dice with your full rerolls and everything but right. dump six power do an 11 dice attack which he can't even get to on his own mm. like when he's going on turn two he's walking up to trench you somebody's got four power 
And so you're like, all right, spend three, I go up. So you're doing a nine die attack equivalent. And if that just doesn't do more than like one or two, you're completely fucked. Mm. And so it's up to people not knowing that they can't walk into range of him. And when they do walk into range of him, they need to, it needs to be after he's activated. Mm. Kind of. So I think it's a lot of it was people don't know how to play him or like if you get the spikes, he's a god. Mm. Like if you're just like, cool, I got six on eight and now I'll reroll the other two, eight on eight. Take six. I gain six. And you're like, this is insane. Yeah. And, and that's it for the rest of the game. He's going to have everything he wants for everything. Yeah. Right. And then he's going to have power for so long because he's going to have to miss so many attacks in a row to run dry. Right. That doesn't matter. And then any damage you're dealing to him is just replenishing the misses. Right. And also, and so he that's pa- big. He passively gains three a turn on his fr- on his healthy side. Like he's going to gain three a turn no matter what. One for power up and then twi- two at the end of his turn. So running oh, dry. I didn't realize he lost. Oh, but he rolls the dice. He rolls the dice. Yeah. So it, he becomes, he gets Green Goblin's ability. So potentially gets more. So he at least gets. Two. Oh, it's way worse than Green Goblin. Oh, I'm ability. sorry. Yeah, because it's only crits. Oh no, because he he can suffer yeah, damage. He doesn't get it for wild, yeah. and then he suffers damage for for skull. Right. Yeah, I don't. the The thing about him is the thing that that makes him. You have to want the ability to buff your own list over a single model that's going to do more. Because I think he is, has a lot of comparisons to Modok. Um. But if you if you want something that's not going to be moved, that's going to sit like a tent pole that your whole army is going to benefit from, he has a higher ceiling than Modok. But if you want to just kill things, Modok has the premium everything, and he does not. So I know that if Aaron was here, he would definitely be making all the arguments you're making. Yeah. Um, so I'm not upset that we're talking about him. But I think that this guy falls into the category of you have to build a list around what he does, and not that he is a additive to other lists. Mm. That's, an, that's, that's, an that's mostly why I'm pushing back so much. Mm-hmm. As where even Angel, like I disagree with the way she is used and that she gets played, but I know that that mechanic is valued by some players, and she is in just on her own. She does something, and so it's obviously she should be talked about in the meta because she gets played. As where this guy, he also gets played about as often as Angela, but when I see him and it works, it's not just people trying shit. It's almost always they've invested half of their squad in making Sentinel Prime. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. And so it's really a Sentinel Prime list, and you're just, like, putting stuff around it. Kind of like Hulk. Mm -hmm. You've built a Hulk list that you have shit in, but that shit is just Hulk shit. It's just, like, the the people have to carry him around. So, like, that's what it is. It's like, yeah, the Hulk palaquin, and Mm -hmm. then, like, everybody else is just kind of hanging out. That makes sense. That's fair. So I would pull him into a separate category, but I think he's worth talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, do you have another pick, or are you passing? Um, I have one more. Um, okay. And I just love this guy, and I think he fits in a lot of places. Thor, uh, Prince of Asgard, got it. Um, <laughs> ship it. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you take on Thor. You can have him. Uh, Ebony Maw. I think Ebony Maw is an incredible uh, first turn in your face that your opponent needs to deal with. That usually you can't. Uh, he comes with his own power. He throws a lot of shit. He bleeds your opponent dry trying to attack trying for them to attack him and he also has shush it's one of the few models in the game that can stop another superpower um he's got a ton of health i just love this guy uh he goes in a lot of places but you don't see him that much he he is he's hard it's really difficult when you could take modok or him i find that to be the the issue and he is not he he's if he was another affiliation as well instead of just black order it would be money but he's not. Yeah, he gets played in Convocation a lot. 
But outside of that, not really. Yeah. And I don't think it's bad to put him in places. Um, the issue you run into is a lot of the meta armies don't need what he does because they have their own tall models. Um, <coughs> the only lists I kind of see him get played in are those like, you know, wizard centric, even if they're not convocation because um, they have a lot of similar abilities. Uh, the ability to shrug off collisions when you want is great when it doesn't cost you anything outside of the times you use it. So like Red Skull, for example, can also cancel out collisions, but it means he's got to be in a specific form. So you're tied to that as long as you're trying to do it as where like, oh, you walked up and Thor threw a size four. I guess I'll spend less power than you just spent to completely negate that effect. And you're like, Ugh. it's so annoying because it's an infinite resource as long as you can keep power on him, which is very easy for Ebony Maw. Ebony Maw stacks power really easily. I guess um, I stopped. I, I stopped using him myself when Red mm-hmm. Skull Two came out. Like that ended yeah. up just being a, a natural filler. So for clarity, are you taking him with the Space Stone? I never did. No. I also never did, but I've always wanted to. But I just looked at the points, and it never worked out in the squads I was taking because I was playing a lot of other tall models. Uh, I Parker, did. do you have something? Yeah, I, I did the Space Stone with him because I specifically wanted. Uh, like a semi-mobile character that did mystic attacks and throws, and my list didn't have that. And uh, the Space Stone actually worked. I, I felt like the Space Stone was great for him. I ran into the, exactly the same problem I've, I've ran in with other people, and I don't know why this is. Maybe you guys could explain it. Maybe we could crunch it right now. Is It's funny. He's a damage dealer, right? Like, he ostensibly does so much damage. But when people don't get the wilds on his attacks... He feels so much worse, like so, so much worse. Is it because, because they need to be sent out of tempo, right? That he needs like a functional stagger of moving them back so that they have to come back towards him and so they don't have enough to kill him. Um, that's what I wondered, because every time I've ever played against him, if he didn't get his wilds, he felt like such a pussy. And mm-hmm. when I've played him and I didn't get it, my wilds, I just like, oh, man, this this feels so hard. It's because he's not a premium damage dealer. Like, he does a lot of damage, but he actually does less damage than Modoc. Right. And Modoc has the control effect. So when you don't also hit the control effect, it's... You realize how non-threatening he is, and he literally lives on the back of... He's like, I'm going to control you, and then also fuck you up really bad. And so, like, he'll get people sometimes, like, he'll daze them, but he'll come up short a lot, and when you miss the control and come up short that's when it goes sideways is where for modok that doesn't really ever happen because he he always gets the control and he has better defense than ebony maw has and that's why modok in my opinion has always been superior the only thing though is you don't get the immunity to collisions and you don't get the to access to space stone that's like the big two parts of it so like that's what tips it either way word that makes sense I like Ebony Maw as well. Again, I don't think he gets played a lot, but he is very splashable compared to Sentinel Prime. Um, so yeah, let's see. Negatives of Ebony Maw. He's very vulnerable to control without the Space Stone, and with the Space Stone, he's a very expensive model. Because um, he, he basically does hard to deal with. he does the work of a five-pointer, but he costs six. Um, so you just have to be very careful. It's like salt to taste. you got to find that happy spot for yourself. I think... Um, the crazy part of this when we think about it, like Ebony Maw's almost out of the meta and he's a very interesting and I think well-designed model. And he's he was very competitive when they reworked him at five points, but he completely just obsolete shadows out Scarlet Witch. 
because she doesn't have the power generation that he has. They have the same tactics card, and they're both static mystic attackers that throw stuff. And so she's weak to throws. He's not. She she has power struggles. He doesn't. Like, it's just weird. But she does more damage than he does, so. I just always used him to prey on Captain America. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, he just eats him. Did you pick that up from me doing it to you a couple of times? Uh, I don't know if I did or not. Um, I remember we played a tournament finals and it was just like Ebony Maw just fucking shat all over Captain America. And you're like, this is so annoying. Um, I played Captain America maybe twice ever, so I, I, mm-hmm. I have no idea. I just I just found that to be the easiest way to deal with him. It's just okay. Ebony Maw just destroys him. He does. She, he's just so sad. Ebony Maw gets within range four, and he's like, well, I'm dead. <laughs> There's really nothing he can do about it. Like, he's not like he's going to kill Ebony Maw. Was he going to do bodyguard other Ebony Maw attacks to him? Like, it's, it's just nothing he can do. <laughs> yeah. It's so sad. Anyway... Um, so that's Ebony Maw. Uh, coming back around to me, I want to say Sexy Strange. I don't know why people call him Sexy Strange. I hate that so much. He's Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, I don't know that I could make an argument. I've never played him out of Convocation, but every time I go to, I'm like, it's not going to work. Like, I don't have all the stuff I need. But I don't actually, like when I'm playing the game, it feels like it would be fine. But when I go to do it, I'm like, nah, it's not going to work. Like, I don't know. I got... I keep wanting to try it, but then I don't. As where, like, I played old Doctor Strange everywhere, and it was great. Like, it's always fun. But, like, new Doctor Strange, he's just, he's so iconic to Convocation. It just feels like it'd be weird if you don't have books, and you don't have the bump, and you don't have all that other stuff. It's so it's so funny, because he doesn't have the leadership printed on him. He's not right. even a leader for the Convocation. But yeah. the, the leadership is so good with him. Right. Like, it's like, right. he's the model it was built around. And so even if he's not required to use, it feels like built into his DNA is that he gets to do those things. So taking them away feels unfair. It'd be like playing Rocket without winging it. It just feels weird. Mm -hmm. It's like all of a sudden he becomes like human. (laughs) Uh, I second the thought that uh, I I hate the term sexy strange. Um, I also really don't like it. He's the Sorcerer Supreme. there's times when like an acronym or something works really well for mm-hmm. a model, but like I don't like the all the advent of all the new stuff people are calling like I Hulk. I fucking hate that so much. Oh yeah. Just say like Hulk two or New Hulk. Just like, yeah. Or just say Hulk. People know you're fucking talking about the new one. Yeah. Um I will say that I actually uh I have stared at this guy a lot, and I actually might put him on the table this weekend out of convocation. He's on the short list to go in and for a five pointer. Uh, in my Guardians list, because he does something Guardians doesn't do, which is Mystic Attacks and Placement. And he would like to get a f- few rerolls. That That's something he would use. Um, and he already gets like his own rerolls, and so it just doubles down on that and makes his dice that much more consistent. I think a lot of people don't reach for him, because, like you said, for some reason, Convocation like put their big stamp on him. And w- when you play him in Convocation... Like, yeah, there are a few things the Convocation does that he likes, like the the book's turn makes him harder to kill. But the thing, the reason why he's super, like, scary when he gets, like, a hammer or two hammers, that's when he's really scary. And you don't need to be in Convocation to pick up two hammers. Nothing Convocation does for that. It just happens. Well, so I there guess it's interesting just taking him as your hammers character and not caring about anything else. Cause, right. 
But that's the thing, like, books is part of the reason he's the best Hammers characters, because it's like, the turn it matters, you're not going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, it just feels so brutal when they're just like, you're not going to kill him, it's just not going to happen. But you not, having, not having a book's turn is really tough with him. I've played him a few times out of out of affiliation. Yeah, and oh, it's, good. It makes him very He vulnerable. can die. Like, he can he die can. on you. And so Devil's Advocate against him in Guardians, I actually don't think it's going to work because he's not going to generate enough power in the early turns mm-hmm. to turn on his placement unless you're doing some other gimmick to get him power. And then he's really going to be lackluster in the early rounds. And I feel like you want to be as aggressive as possible in the early turns as Guardians. And they really need mobile models. So I don't know. It might work. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, I, I don't think I can make an argument for Strange outside of Convocation. Yeah. But it's it's mostly just because he's missing too many of his good tools. Not being but I like place. the concept yeah. of just a two-part drop-in of Eye on the Prize and Strange 2 in every list, if you have space. Just be like, I get to play Hammers now. And you're just like, mm-hmm. you, you pull Hammers, you're like, cool, let's do it. Like, and no matter where you do, I think Strange gets two Hammers and we're just going to play this game and Sure, he's not going to be as strong as normal, but like, there's a chance he's just going to run the board. And there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, there's something else to, not to be said. Yeah, you could the Mystic Attacks he's really good again, but it's also energy. Like there are a couple lists out there that when you put them down, they go, "Oh no!" They look down and they're, all their ranged attacks are energy attacks, and they go, "Oh shit!" He could he's just actually never... not. He's actually not good against energy attacks. That's you use, but yeah, you roll your. It's only three dice, but you do get to use the blanks and everything. He he just. He doesn't get blanks. He gets to wilds counts too. Sorry, what, what, sorry. So it's, it, it's good, but it's very inconsistent. Mm. And so you'll get turns where he just doesn't hit a wild on three three chances, and then just dies. Well, he'll have six, right? If he if you don't get it the first time, you could try to get. Yeah, it. no, like you, you know. So the majority of time, strange dies. It's because he got one shotted by a single rapid fire, and it's just like, how what? did that happen? It's like he just blanks out. Like, it's three defense dice. I don't care how many times you're going to re-roll them. Like, it's still sure. three defense dice. But, yeah, but I would say that's not energy. Yeah. You're exactly right. Like, if you if you if if somebody has a, a way to actively get to him physically, like, one Zemo can just come up and stab him twice. And you're no, like, but oh, that's shit. things. Like, like, if you're blanking out, it doesn't matter if you're blanking out on energy or physical. That's, mm. And so, if you don't hit the wild, he's average at best. And an average three dice defense roll is not at all reliable. Do you think he That's can? Do you, do you think he can still? I mean, you've you've played with hammers more than anybody I know. So can he? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, double tap and then just leave and get far enough away that you're safe with. Your oh yeah, hammers? no, for sure. The only question is, can you survive the first round? So if you get priority with hammers, mm-hmm. then you're safe because you go up, you get the middle hammer, and then you back up to your back hammer, and you're super safe. If wait, wait, hold you on, say don't that, have say priority, that, say that one more time. If you have, so you priority. start you start on one of the flanks, get the hammer on the flank and then you come back to the middle with eye on the prize ah and so right. you're actually you're actually ending your activation back in the middle of your list like mm-hmm. nearly in deployment range mm-hmm. so you're actually super safe there if you don't have priority you have to play eye on the prize pick up the back hammer and then go to which other hammer you they didn't pick up with a double move and that's how you get two hammers on going second and so it's way less consistent because now you're theoretically exposed against their attacks. And obviously, if they're if they're big brain, they're going to pick up the side that they don't have a bunch of people on. And you're going to take a bunch of attacks on the first turn. Now, you're still strange. And the reason it's better in convocation is because they hit you once, you bounce back. And every time they hurt you, you're farther right. away. It's really hard to go get them. Even if they daze you, 
you're just next to two hammers in your deployment zone, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and the next turn, you just pick them back up. So the issue kind of becomes, can you just survive the first round? And that can be as easy as, okay, well, you're going to get one attack on me, and then my bodyguard, Steve Rogers, is going to come up and protect me. And so it's fine at that point. So that's fine. And now, especially in, in, like, if you did Avengers, then you would have, like, you know, you'd be scalping for three, which would be huge, because you would always be able to scalpel. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of combos I can think of that'd be great for it. Um, you could also, like, let's say, for example, you just play Gambit in there because fuck it, you're playing X-Men or whatever, and now you're going to play Dark Past on the first turn, and so you have two hammers in stealth and cover. Right. And that's a whole different situation as well. So there's, Or you could do Stormhop, too, and make it even easier. There's all kinds of shit you could do. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're just planning on a hammers option for Strange 2, that actually is really interesting. Because it costs you literally almost nothing. It's one right. Tactus card and one character slot. And he can slot into a lot of lists and be really interesting. And so I, I would actually like to see that. But anyway, we got a little, we got very off topic. I pass. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm very happy we had that conversation. I think that's, that's good stuff there. Yeah. So, Parker, do you want to pick anybody else off this list? I, I'm ready to pass, too. I can't think of anybody else okay. with, with great ubiquity, I think. Jeremy. Can we talk about Modok again? I think yes. <laughs> I pass. I uh, all right. I would love to. I think people don't understand. So the triple pass, which leaves us with the Amazing Spider-Man, Black Bolt, Cable, Cassandra Nova, Doctor Strange One and Two, Jean Grey, Scarlet Witch, and Thor. These models, with exception to Thor, are not bad models. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, let's let's take a second and talk about the models we left off the list. Um, I would personally like to say I would love to see ASM take the place of Angela in a lot of these lists that are running to just steal the first objective mm-hmm. out of the middle and back up just for the safe pickup. If all you care about the safe pickup, play ASM. He contributes to the game. He's very annoying to take off the board. He has a lot of cool abilities. He's like he's actually just a great distraction piece, and he's like arguably better than her at actually holding on to the fucking objective. Yeah, because he can stand in the middle of your list, though, and witty banter if they're attacking other people, too. Like, he's so hard to get off the board. He's great. Um, Cable is a perfect example of I have everything but good damage. <laughs> like, like he has, unfortunately, the damage of a four-pointer. If he had the damage of a five-pointer, he would be fucking everywhere because he does everything else. Yeah. He's got all the utility in the world. He is the one of the best throws in the game. He has the best defensive buff in the game for other people. He has good stats. He's got amazing range. He's got proactive movement. He does everything but premium yeah. damage. He's he's one of the only models of the game that will do something turn one every time by himself. No help. No tactics. Yeah. No help. He will be doing something turn one. He'll be double tapping turn one. It's really hard to stop him. If they just change the X-Force leadership to not say once per turn... I think he would instantly become played. Oh, yeah. But also, it's the thing, like, does one attack die? Or So it's how many times you can actually use this? Mm-hmm. Four or five attack dice a turn, re-rolled? Is that really crazy? It's not, because, like, you know, Shadowlands Terrible does more than that right, right now. Mm-hmm. And no one cares. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just such a psychological situation of he, everyone knows he has the worst leadership in the game. And so, like, no one plays him, even though it's, like, not really that bad. It's not good. I'm not arguing he's good, unlike Nigel. 
I'm just saying yeah. it's not as bad as people think. He's definitely no. playable. They just don't have a, an amazing tactics card, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's really what's causing them to not I, be amazing. I actually disagree. Pretty Sneaky Sis is actually amazing. Like, it's Shadow Organization on yeah. your whole list. Like, mm-hmm. it's so good. Now, the other tactics cards are fucking dog shit. But yeah. Yeah. Just being, like, turn two, you can't see anybody. Like, that's a kick in the nuts. Like, it's, it is rough. And you can even build, like, that's the thing. You can build a complete gun line list. Like, you're just like, okay, I took Domino, I took Cable, and then everyone else is just shooting also, and but I all get re-rolls, and then you can't see me. Like, you could just, like, fucking shoot people off the board. Anyway. Um, I think Cassandra Nova is massively underrated. She's like, pretty annoying. I, dude, if you, has anyone played against her recently? Uh, I have. I actually yeah. have. Yes. Was She's that not, like, the most miserable experience of your entire life? Uh, man, it, it, it is, it's really shitty, but if you can get a hold of her, mm-hmm. she just fucking dies. However, getting a hold of her is a problem because she's you always walking that. you away. You say that she's actually very stout. I think she's noticeably harder to kill than Red Skull. Yeah. I, so yeah, she can, she if has you advance within three health, of her. Yeah. Yeah. She has the same ability Mysterio has. If you advance within three of her, she counter strikes you. So you take damage. <laughs> And she Four leaves. dice, crits and wilds deal damage. If she does damage, she gets to advance short. That doesn't say, like, once per turn, by the way. Right. Like, if she's just got a stack of power, she just like, see ya. It's like, no, she what does X-23 do? She walks you into her own as well. You'll bounce. Yeah. And then she will do her attack and then walk you into it again. And mm-hmm. she can just create this weird ass, like, you're just taking damage all over the place. Yeah. People don't realize her mind possession. Cost one, range three, advance the target its speed. Its speed. <laughs> its speed. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. It is so stupid. It is absolutely insane. When you're just like, oh, okay, uh, I'm going to advance medium. Tag your guy at range three. Yeah, so your speed long Angela just walked into the middle of my army. She's a great vault, right? And you're just like, oh no. And she just gets disintegrated, right? Not to mention, as part of that long move, she gets to counter-strike you and move back herself. Uh, yeah. She has Firewall. It's like, fuck me. People don't know this. She has Firewall. It costs Does one more, do? so everybody thinks it's dog shit. But Biokinesis is Firewall. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally just Firewall. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, she did a lot to me. Um, mm-hmm. I was impressed. Uh, she has Super Stealth. It uh, You can't ignore it with Stealth Immunity things. And? Uh, she has... And she has a range she has four attack. Factor. She has a range four yes. attack on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. She has range four attack with sap power. That's a builder. Right. She, oh my God, it's so good. Uh, she also has healing factor, which is dumb because you play exceptional healing with her. Yep. And so when you actually get a hold of her, you're like, nah, I'll take one. Like, oh. she also has the Ebony Maw thing, immune to collisions for two power. Oh, it's so good. She is so underrated. So this model is incredibly infuriating. So I guess my thing is this is this has been my problem with her is I I have her painted. I was so excited to play her. I put her in a couple down on the table a couple of times, and I did not. I don't. I did not get it. What when she, I guess when is you when is the time to play her? When are you really excited about her? That's what I didn't get. I was like, uh, man, I just I, I guess my problem was I just put her down thinking here we go. I think she is some sort of key character. She's needs to do a certain thing. What is that thing? 
So she's she's a controller, obviously. I think right. she's the best controller in the game. Probably. The, the thing she needs is she needs power. So it means you need to be making her psionic bolt attack as often as you can. As often, as often as you can justify without getting killed. And then you just need to control the board. Like, other than that, it doesn't matter. I'm actually, the more I look at her, I'm considering putting her in Convocation. She's she got was, the Mystics, obviously. Yeah. The only problem is, like, four Mystic defenses is not that great as just straight up a defensive power. Which is fine, but she's got a lot of health. Um, but yeah, the control effects are great. The the extra collision resistance is great. The debuffs are great. She does all kinds of good shit. Anyway. Yeah, I, I am excited to find the place that she, you know, that she just really excels. I'm. Is it is it in a list that loves to control more, like uh, Web Warriors? Or is it a list that needs a little bit of control splash? Uh, that's like, that's why I was excited to play Sentinels with her and the Sentinels, uh-huh. and just actually play like as as pure affiliation as you can. And when you are basically playing immovable trees that have webline, throwing in another model is great. And you can also put her. This is the cute thing. You put her between the Sentinels, and if they try and throw Sentinels into each other, she just negates the collisions. Yeah. This, and okay. So you save the size five collisions. Okay, so this is actually something I wondered with her. Uh, is she just... I mean, every model is good with Steve, but is she really good with Steve? Mm-hmm. Like, because remember there used to be the Steve, everybody moves somebody list? I think she's yeah. just better than, like... I mean, people used to love Loki with Mindstone and Steve. Isn't she just better she's than Loki with Mindstone? She's way better than Loki for five points. Way yeah. better. She just... And, and you put her in front of Steve, and now you can't throw things at Steve? Yeah, and you can't attack her. Right. And if you move in, you're just like, oh god. Yeah, like, like isn't That's she funny. just really amazing pair with Steve? That it, does look really good. Yeah, she's got two reactive cost two abilities. I think we found good with Steve. Yeah, yeah. How do you ever? You can't throw Steve off the board now, right? Because she's right in front of him. So you'd have to move her mm-hmm. and then throw stuff into, or you know, get aligned to him, right? Right. The thing though is, if you like move to the side and she hits you with the damage, she moves back in front of you again. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she body blocks she might body yeah. block you permanently yeah that'd be fun I'd like to see it alright um, so that's and for honorable mentions we got ASM and Cassandra Nova for honorable man- mentions mm-hmm. and then probably Strange 2 uh, the models we selected in summary are Ghost Rider Red Skull 2, <laughs> Modok Angela, Ulick, Juggernaut Ebony Maw and then asterisk next to Sentinel Prime, because we were trying to talk about models that are meta and they're good drop-ins, just that you should look at in vacuum. Sentinel Prime, you kind of have to build around, but he is played a decent amount right now, so I think it's worth putting him on the list. Anyway, um, so that's going to wrap up that segment. Hopefully you guys found that fun. Uh, I actually had a lot of fun talking about these models. Yeah, this is this is cool. Let's do, we'll do again. We'll do this again. I like this. Don't tell me what to do. I would do this again, if, if, uh, but I'm, I'm a passive person. If it comes in front of me again. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Hopefully you guys had a good time. Uh, this has been Brandon. And Barger. And Jeremy. And you just listened to F is for five. So what are we going to call this thing? Uh, I got it. Okay.
incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down infamous. Shibuki. Well, here we are. Man, oh man. Okay, so I have a question for you guys. Really Uh-oh. important question. Um, Don't pick at it. Do you want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy after the event on Saturday? Oh, is it out this week? Yeah, yes. it's, it's out. I had no idea. It's out tomorrow night. But do you want to go watch it after the event on Saturday? So I feel like this is one of those like just complete bait and switches because I'm going to say yes. And then at some point, Parker, between now and then, is going to say, oh, I can't. Nope. I have to be home. Nope. I've already had the house and like do the dishes and mow the lawn or something. And I'm like, but Parker, couldn't you just do that stuff on Sunday? And he'll say, no, we're celebrating the dog's third anniversary of like. His dog party or something. I'm like, it'd be okay, a dog mitzvah. Dog party. Dog mitzvah. That, yeah, that's. <laughs> right. So no, I actually, I, this is something I already considered. I was like, I was like, wait, mm-hmm. does Sarah want to watch this with me? Is this something like we should do? And we talked about it, and she's like, oh, I do really want to see it, but not enough to like hire a babysitter. It's not. They has to reach like a threshold before yeah. that. And so okay. she's like, no, no, you go ahead. That sounds like fun. Because I'll always watch. She's like, you'll always watch it again. Oh yeah, I'll definitely watch it again. And so, because um, I would hate to get spoilers, and I don't know how I could avoid spoilers with like what the mm-hmm. internet knows about my comic book preferences. It would be all on that. So, I am. Um, does that sound fun? You want to do that? It sounds like a blast to me to play all day long. Sure, play Marvel all day long, and then go watch Marvel movie. That sounds awesome. So I would just keep in mind what time we would have to go get tickets because I'm going to have to pack up the tournament. So that's not going to be like a 30 second ordeal. Right. I, I was going to be dra- like sprinting across the fucking city. Right. I was assuming like I'm going to buy tickets, but probably for a later, later show. I don't. I know that doesn't bother you at all. Uh, yeah. But Jeremy, do you want in? If I find out when it was, would that be the thing that breaks the tie? It would be fine. Just find out what it is. Okay. Because it would basically be, um, I mean, even if we finish early, right? We could just go to dinner first. Like, no big deal. Right. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably going to do it just because it's the closest. Probably that Cinemark right over there. Unless you guys have a favorite mm. you you like somewhere else. I would recommend B&B Theaters uh, on Midland Drive. It's, uh, it's like one city block away from the Geekery. And also, it's very secluded. No, it's almost oh, yeah. never busy. Oh, yeah. That, that place is awesome. I really like that yeah. place, but I didn't know that's in the wrong direction for Jeremy. So I didn't know if he cared. It's not very far in the wrong direction. It's like I say, the, four I assume Jeremy's going to his girlfriend's house after the tournament, but I could uh. be incorrect. Uh, most likely. Well, what is Saturday? Yes, but I mean, for me, that all is fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Also, if we're bored, you guys could come over to my place after the tournament, see the new house, and we could go to the movie after that. That's not nothing. I would be willing to come see your house. That's how people get abducted. Deaded. <laughs> Deaded. Not alive. Mm-hmm. Unalive. So, cool. Sounds like we got a plan. I'm excited. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now I gotta I gotta figure this out. Let's figure it. Let's get some tickets. Uh, 
If you guys ever had this, I mean, there, I know there's, uh, I think it was part of a TV show at one point, or no, I think it was a Jerry Seinfeld skit. It was a stand-up comedian, but um, he talked about how he knew this guy who would always say he invented things, but he didn't invent them. But he wasn't trying to lie about it. He was just like, oh, I had the idea for that, but I had zero initiative or, you know, like drive to do anything uh-huh. about it. So he did. He just eventually somebody else would invent it. And then he'd be like, oh, I, I actually invented that. Like, because I had the idea 10 years ago. But like, it's like, no shit. A hundred people had the idea for like, like back window fucking I, wipers. I invented like, trash bags. Yeah. That sounds anyway, like an episode um, of Kirby Enthusiasm kind of deal. Right, exactly. Um, but anyway, so a friend of mine, uh, Jeremy's brother Jameson, back in the day, like when I was just out of high school, he was doing like computer programming stuff at the time. And we had talked about like just loosely like, oh, we should make a video game because we were sad that like City Heroes was going away. Uh, and I was like, yeah, we could do like a like a zombie survival guide like MMO where you play in a post-apocalypse zombie world. And you have to like just survive for as long as you can. And it'd be like you could like build bases and stuff. You could work with other players, but you don't have to. Basically like the Walking Dead, but an MMO. But not like, I don't know, not like a WoW clone or anything. It was, it'd be very different. The main thing, it would be mostly about resource gathering as opposed to combat. So anyway, I the, we, we talked about it for like three months and then like it fell apart. Obviously because we didn't put the work in. Uh, and so I come to find out that this game just exists now, and it's it's called Seven Days to Die, and it's been out for ten years. And yep. I just didn't know, and so I've been playing that off and on in between, like working on the house, mm-hmm. and uh, it is annoyingly difficult sometimes because you're just kind of like left in a wasteland, and you're, like, you have no help, and you're like trying to like not fucking die all the time. So uh, I spawned in a town. I didn't realize that you're supposed to not be in the towns because, like, obviously that's where those zombies are. So I died, like, a bunch of times because, like, you're like, okay, like, you get into a normal zombie game. You're like, how do you kill a zombie in, like, Left 4 Dead? It's like, all right, you bash it and then you move on. It's like, no, I hit this zombie in the head, like, 18 times and he just ate my body. Like, I'm just like, like, I had no chance. He just fucking murdered me. For mm-hmm. I, just, I walked into this little cargo container because there was a bedroll. I was like, oh, maybe there's stuff in here. Zombie just standing right behind the door and he just like lunges at me. I punch him in the face. Does nothing. <laughs> it's just like it's just trying to beat him to death. I have no weapons, no supplies. He just eats me. I'm like, all right, cool. Guess we'll respawn. New new guy. And same thing happens basically. <laughs> just like everywhere I go, I die. I don't know how to make weapons. It's like, well, this is very frustrating. So it's like so anyway, every seven days it resets, right? Something like that. Like you uh, lose your no, base. Well, I don't think so. Well, no. I don't know. I'm new to the game. I've okay. only been playing it for six days, so. Um, I was under the impression that you uh, just kept going, and because when you die, um, you can just respawn in that same world near your stuff, and you can go get your stuff. But anyway, um, Corey, one of our locals, uh, jumped on, and we were like, like playing together, and so we were wandering around in this little podunk town, and we get into a hardware store. We're like, you know what? This place has pretty good like defenses and like all this stuff. It's got, got a bunch of places, so we clear it out and we build barricades to like block off all the doors and windows and we're like okay cool because it's basically a combination of minecraft and left for dead um and so we're like building defenses and stuff we're like okay cool we sealed it all up it just got dark you cannot sleep there is no like skipping nighttime and so we're like hanging out i'm like hey Corey, someone there's a zombie trying to get through this barricade we made and he's like okay we'll just wait for him to break it then we'll stab him and rebuild it that way it'll be we'll be blocked in again 
and the thing breaks down, and it's a full-grown fucking grizzly bear that's zombie grizzly bear, and it just <laughs> fucking murders us. I was like, what kind of bullshit is this? Like, this, like, this game fucking hates us. <laughs> it's like zombie grizzly bears on the first night. Like, fuck this. It's so brutal. How dare you try to play a game? Yeah, I've heard we, that. We good. died like 19 times that night. It was fucking insane. Corey's like, oh, I've played this before. Zombies can't climb ladders. Just get on the roof. And then the zombies climb the ladders and kill us anyway. It's like, fucking Christ. Like, come on, guys. <sighs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I have never been excited to play those games because, mm-hmm. like, an Elder Scrolls kind of game, I understand it's supposed to be really hard and challenging, but a game that's designed to give me no tools and no chances. And, like, that's how I'm supposed to feel. I'm like, that's how I already feel, like, in well, life. I don't need more of that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that we didn't have the tools. It's that we didn't put in the effort to know how to play the game. And so, like, it's like when you don't know what you're doing in Minecraft, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, my goal is to not starve to death. And you're, like, starve to death 18 times in a row. Like, all right, cool. So, like, we're going to just new plan. I'm going to look up online how to make food. Oh, okay, now I never starve to death again. Like... It's one of those things. You sh- it's like we're doing it the hard way by not looking shit up, mm-hmm. and so we're like, all right, well, we so then like we start making weapons. Now fighting zombies isn't the problem. Now it's like food and shelter is the problem, and so we're like trying to like figure out how to farm, and like we have like some seeds and stuff, but like we're still trying to figure that shit out. You guys are doing your best. Yeah, well, I mean, we've only played for like two hours. Like that's about how long I played Stranded. It's free. It was free on PlayStation at some point. I downloaded it. Is that the it. raft game? Yeah. Well, you start out with a raft, but yeah, there's a picture of a raft on the front of it, and you're like dropped off or whatever, stranded. Yeah. And you're like, it's okay. Similar to that. Yeah, you're like, cool. Yeah. Okay, let me see here. Um, I just died. I starved to death and died. You're like, it's only been like seven minutes. How long can you, mm-hmm. like, you're like, okay, okay, wait. I'm going to find a coconut. Cool, cool, cool. I found a food source. Okay, I'm dead again. What the mm-hmm. fuck? So by the time you yeah. figure out how to make water, you're dead again. Everything yeah. is dead. It's awful. And I get there's this person out there who likes that. Like, it's really excited about that kind of challenge. And doesn't mind the, like, I'm going to go and die. I'm going to and die. I think it's the same kind of person that likes, um, like, like uh, the, the big open, what do they call the big open maps? Was so like a third-person shooter. It's like Fortnite's an example. Um, Battle Royale. Yeah, Battle Royale games. It's the same kind of person. You're just like building up and, up and up and up and up and up and up and you're dead. All that time you spent, you're gone. Have to start all the way over back at the beginning That's functionally. Do it very again. different. I, I would compare oh, I it more to like so. Dark Souls. Oh, but in, it's, in Dark Souls, the there are save of, points. The like whole, in Dark Souls, you get to start back where you were a couple minutes ago. You don't completely ago. start over. That's like what we're saying. Yeah, but in Fortnite, you do start over. The game functionally completely starts over from zero. Yes, but the whole point of that is like you're trying to last as long as possible. Like, but then you are starting a new game every time. Like, I'm playing the same game every time I die. Oh, okay. Like, I just respawn in that world, like, wherever I saved my bedroll at. And, like, so, like, I have a home base, and I just, it's like Minecraft. When you die, you just, you respawn at your base, and, like, you start over. Okay. But, like, all your shit's still there. It's not a new world. Okay. Uh, I have a completely sideways question. What time is too early to see the movie? Because I've got a 10 o'clock and B&B. That's the latest. All right. So let's say the tournament is four hour, or four rounds. Uh-huh. Uh, we assume that will be eight hours with a lunch break, which is probably a little, guessing a little high. Yeah. Um, so that would be ending around seven. 
So I would say nine, probably, just in case for some, like we go to five. Because we get 18 people, that's five rounds. Yeah. So, like, I would say I would say at least nine. Probably 9.30 to be safe. Okay, well, the, 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 that one would be a 10 o'clock showing, then. Okay, then I would say I think that's fine. Okay. I'm going to buy three seats. Okay. In the acoustic sweet spot. Perfect. Front row. That's dead center. Front row, all the way on the left, right next to the speaker. That way we can hear it really well. You ever tried to go to go see a movie and they make you pick your seat or whatever? And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, the ones that are gray are not selected. Go ahead and select what you want. And you go to select and you're like, wait a second. There's only like front row left. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, that's usually, that's pretty fun. I'm like, what the fuck kind of answers? Like, seriously, front row should not even be offered. <laughs> They should just well, but then whatever the next row would be would be the front row. That's still too close. <laughs> just just X those out. Ideal theater is a standing room only. Like no, you got to start at like fourth row. That's it. Yeah, but so if they just label it number four, but it's like a foot from the screen. You're like, okay, good. Yeah, it's like hotels don't have thirteenth floor. They shouldn't have the yeah. first three rows in a movie first theater. Row. Fuck that shit. Um. So in a lot of theaters, like outside the midwest it's actually the theaters are so small it really doesn't matter where you sit it's like in the midwest or in really big cities it's that's when you get those really big theaters where it's like okay well there's 28 rows and each row has 40 seats in it and you're like okay well this is insane there's 200 people in here i'm not turning my head that's when it's like all right well now i'm in the corner and so when you're a corner in a room that size the screen's that fucking big then yeah, it matters. But like we went to theater in Arkansas, it's like there was no bad seats because there's 16 seats. Like, it was yeah. like, we're, like it's four yeah. by four. What are we doing in here? Like mm-hmm. I felt like we were in someone's living room. Yeah, one of my favorite theaters of all time was in Lawrence. They have a like a, a small. They have like the regular bigger screen in there, but they have they have a small independent film theater screen, and I love that thing because like you said, it was just like 16 seats. You couldn't get a bad seat. The screen was enormous. Like, it was a big screen for the room, but mm-hmm. there wasn't a bad seat. That's where I saw my favorite movie experience of all time, uh, Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. I don't think I laughed more during a movie than I laughed at that movie. And my, I still I still watch that movie, and every time I find a joke I didn't find the, the time before. That thing is just so fucking crammed. Yeah, packed Hot Fuzz is good. With joke. Oh, speaking of jam-packed with jokes, oh my god, that Always Sunny episode, the ski, the ski episode, Jesus the race. Christ. I Who had no, is the announcer? That 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 episode surprised me so hard. Because mm-hmm. at first, you're just like, at the beginning, it was like, we're on a mountain. I was like, they've got a mountain? Like, they never leave Philly. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a big running joke that they never, ever leave the location, because mm-hmm. they're all terrified to leave it, because it's too strange. And there was the one episode in like Long Beach or whatever, but then, but then they, the Jersey Shore, yeah, the Jersey, Jersey Shore, Shore they went which to is Jersey just Shore. the coast of Philly. Yeah, that was right. And so they they start going down the the best part is they start going down the mountain, and I expected immediately to be like a shit show, and they're all amazing at it. Oh my god! <laughs> they're like doing spins yes, and shit. It's just I was laughing so hard at that cold open, like with every single like or like guitar rift and like trick they were doing i just i was and him in his trench coat oh my god mm-hmm. i loved it so much and then when charlie comes flying down it's all the tables mm-hmm. like i was crying during the cold open and it never quit 
Like mm-hmm. they all become weird stereotypes and oh the joke I love every time any every time anybody comedically points out how much incredible sexual harassment there was in like every yeah. 80s movie. How 80s mm-hmm. movies were just full of terrifying dehumanizing sexual harassment. It's yep. terrible. Mm-hmm. Um and so that like how much there was in there <laughs> and every time D and Mac see it they're like, "Oh my god. Oh, oh my god." <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you look good. Did you, you, or where'd you come from? Trying to get a custody hearing for my kid. Oh, <laughs> like everybody, <laughs> everything is so dark. <laughs> Never stop partying. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're, let's dry, let's drain these. Yeah, recycling. And he just immediately starts right, pouring it. <laughs> just pouring beer down the sink. He's like, no, 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 we're gonna drink them. He's like, we'll drink them. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that everything about oh, and like uh, Danny that was the sleazy businessman, and uh, Dennis became the the elitist skier. Oh, Mm -hmm. and there is another thing I was totally unprepared for, and that's the thing is that everything was I was so unprepared. The gratuitous Charlie sex scene. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my god. It was so over the top. It was so over the top. There were like there were parts that were so gratuitous. Like half the screen is blurred. Oh my and god! I'm just like, oh, why are on we Hulu, doing this? On Hulu, nothing is blurred. It's just really. Oh yeah, on Hulu, it is nothing. It is 100 just every skin cell you no. can see it. And Ugh. the best part is, you, I, I actually don't think that's true. I oh, watched no. it on Hulu. Ooh, I did not see. Oh, I did not I see it blurred. blurred. The best part is, <laughs> you probably just weren't looking that hard. And the best part is later, later in the scene, it was like I learned so much about sex, and they immediately go right back to it and they show it for another like 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> They just wanted to ram home the fact that they just have Charlie Day having sex with this this hooker for <laughs> so long and in so many different positions. And his face, his face is is so he's just he's just so happy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like sexually satisfied at all. He just looks super happy. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like the gross, like the, the, the sex scenes they've done before where like Dennis always looks so maniacally satisfied, you yeah. know, it looks so crazy and strange. And then Charlie just looks so unadulterated, like kid in a candy store on Christmas happy. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It was. And then Frank just looks like a fucking pig in heat. Oh, right. Yeah. It's so, like, so, <laughs> oh, so gross. Oh, but they call me the war dog. Like, please oh, don't. Charlie, I don't want to picture that. And Charlie was acting so incredulous until he sees the woman. She's like, it's the mountain, Charlie. And he goes, he goes, I guess I'll, I don't know why I'm fighting it. I'm just going to let the mountain be the mountain. And he just gets in the hot tub with her. And just Full, and Fully goes, clothes in winter yes, gear. Just gets in the hot tub. Clothes. And they start making out. And the next moment is so much gratuitous sex. <laughs> and Charlie just so happy. <laughs> oh, oh! And the payoff at the end. I'm not no spoilers. I'm not going to say it. The payoff at the end when you find the out why everything was happening. Great. Oh my god! It's... All the reveals. There's like three reveals oh, back to back. They're all great. The, the payoff. I was crying again because again I had no mm-hmm. because they had set up that it was just going to be an '80s spoof. So you expected it in like an '80s movie, and then when it ends mm-hmm. again, just another left turn. Just so 
far away from what you thought was going to happen. Oh my mm-hmm. God. It was that, um, I've been listening to the podcast. I've told you this. I'm actually now listening to just every episode and, um, I'm really excited to hear about that episode and how that one like yeah. came to be. I would really like to know if they were proud of it or not. Cause some of the episodes that they're super proud of are, mm-hmm. they, and they admit that it's not like a lot of people don't necessarily like that episode a lot. They just are really proud of it from a writer's perspective. And it was yeah. really interesting to hear which ones they're super proud of. I've rewatched a few of their episodes after they've said, you know, talk, listen to the podcast. Like we're really, this is a great episode and this is why I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I want to know more about that. So I watched it again. I go, Oh, that is interesting. And so now, I've listened to so much of their podcast. Now, when I watch episodes, I'm looking at it through that lens. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much they, how much they like this episode or not because of how well, zany it yeah. is, but how it does like pay off at the end. I'm curious. A lot of uh, comedians talk about how like the funniest things are shit. You never thought people would like, uh-huh. like it's just like the simplest little jokes. I was listening to David Spade talk about Tommy Boy today. Mm-hmm. And he's doing an interview and he's talking about how they basically were just handed a blank check to make Tommy Boy because the guy who runs SNL was just like, I like you guys. You're funny. Like, and he just made a phone call to Paramount. He just had a standing deal with Paramount. He's like, he made a phone call. He's like, yeah, give him the money, write a script, go. And it's like they flew to Toronto the next day to, to shoot Tommy Boy. And it was just like, okay. And like, so we had a guy write up a script. You guys fill it with jokes. Let's go. And so they were like on scene in Toronto writing jokes. And then they would take a pri- his private plane back to New York to write SNL. Then they'd fly back, do more Tommy Boy, fly back, do um, the the live rehearsal. And then they'd fly back, do more Tommy wow, Boy. Wow, I did not know that is how Tommy Boy was made. And he's like, it was the worst three months of my entire life because like every single minute I was working or sleeping. But he's like, they were writing jokes like, and he was talking about like the scene where he hits Tommy with the two by four. Yeah. And he's like, originally it's balsa wood. And they had like intentionally cracked it. So it would just break. And eventually they ran out of those. He just hits him with a real two by four. And Chris Brown was like, son of a bitch. Like as soon as he hits him. And he's just like, dude, I have to hit you. It's just like, like all the shit. He's like, all right. They're like, like just thinking about dumb shit to you, like fat man and a little coat. Like all the shit they were putting in. They're like, nobody's going to like this. We're going to get fired from SNL. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was really fun. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like Tommy Boy, like, inspired an entire generation of movies. Yeah, they, uh, they there's an episode in the cast where they talk about Tommy Boy. And, oh, yeah? Yeah, and they um, they said one of the things that, that they showed Tommy Boy to their kids, um, mm-hmm. which are a little bit older than, than ours, and uh, how how it did not strike them at all as, like, special. And the reason mm-hmm. why is so much of Tommy Boy when we were younger was so fresh and original. Mm-hmm. But now, like you said, Tommy Boy has impacted the comedic style of so many people, like that era of, of comedy did. Yeah. And it was such an example of like perfect version of this kind of comedy. Then now, like his boys were like, oh, yeah, it was pretty funny. But they didn't think it was groundbreaking because it was. Yeah, this was that was the broken ground. Right. There they was they just didn't know it because they've mm-hmm. seen all this other stuff. It's interesting to know uh, the stuff you think, what you take for granted, right? With those kind of stylistic choices. It's 1030. We should start. We should probably start, right? We should start. Do a... Don't tell me how to run my podcast. Well, I'm just saying. Captain, show up whenever. I'm just saying. Doesn't Jeremy have a bedtime? Doesn't he start? We, we've been over this so many times. 
the time we, we already started the podcast this is being recorded so it's just that the amount of time until we stop is set now as soon as we started recording so we're not wasting time oh you're wasting time you're wasting my time that's what i'm thinking of i could bullshit for a long time but uh his time is precious there was one final point i wanted to make go for it and then if that's all right with you i mean you know just check yeah all right uh, so the reason I'm super behind on podcasts, like Always Sunny Podcast, is because I've been listening to Dresden again, because mm-hmm. I've convinced so many other people to listen to Dresden Files now. So I got Tyler listening, Dave listening, Ryan listening, Connor listening, and I think there's another person too that's currently going through the books. And so every like week, I have all five of them come up to me, and then we just talk Dresden for an hour. Like, So I have like five hours of Dresden talk every week. <laughs> And so, like, I'm rereading it because it's got me, like, jonesing for Dresden again. And so it's very fun. Did you, uh, what book are you on now? I am finishing 13. I have, like, uh, 30 minutes left of 13. Okay, the reason I ask is, um, I am also going to start reading Dresden again. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and whenever we're on the same book, it becomes difficult to know which one is which. And so... No, uh, you you just go into settings and turn off sync. Oh, okay. And it doesn't. It's not a problem. Okay. I've turned off sync on my end, so. Well, I'm going. It's so it's the whole point is if you're listening on multiple devices, it will mm-hmm. you know you'll jump to the same place. But if you, it also asks you yes no, and when it does it, so you can just say no and it will stay where you're at. Yeah. I need uh, so much Dresden talk. I realize how much how many proper nouns I don't remember well enough yeah no when we were talking i was like you don't remember anything about this book series i remember i remember like the big plot points and i remember a lot about what happened in the last two books that's very fresh but before that the like it's it's squiffy is the word but i need i I don't think that's a word Uh, yeah speaking of i want to see Upcoming work. <sighs> Sounds like the next Dresden Files book is the next thing he's releasing. But that said, it doesn't have a release date, which means it's still at least many months away. Uh, speaking of months away, and I can't wait. Dune Part I 2. I take that back. Uh, the next book coming out is Cinder Spires Part 2, The Olympian Affair. <clears throat> And then Dresden Files number eighteen, and then the Cinder Spires novella Warrior Born. Are you aware of the book, the name for book eighteen? Mm, no, it's called Twelve Months. Hmm. Book nineteen is titled Mirror Mirror. Hmm. Very excited. Jeremy, were you my Dune friend? Who liked Dune? Yeah, I can't I remember who's my Dune. I saw the new preview for the new one. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, I am insanely happy for it i'm really excited the stylization of the new one is so good yeah the whole thing looks so good i want to know more about the making of that movie because the choices they made in that movie are original and fresh i think maybe somebody could tell me they're oh oh my gosh it's been so done it's pocahontas again or some shit but i i want uh I want to know why this movie feels so fresh and so different, but man, it does. Is it also based on Kevin Costner's Dances with Wolves? 
Right. That's what I mean, right? <laughs> they, say, they say that about every fucking movie. I know. Right. It's like, well, you know, Breaking Bad was really just dances with wolves. Like, what is wrong with you? Why do you <laughs> that's do not, this? That's not true. No. Uh, I just like the stylization, man. It just hits mm-hmm. home, like, so good. Like, I like how beautiful it is and how the sound, they've got the sounds down for it. Like, all the background-y. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Like, I love it. I'll probably watch it at some point. The world is, to me, the thing that blows me away is it's fascinatingly empty. Like, yeah. a, a lot of worlds that they build for anything is full of CGI people and extras, right? Just like saturated with people. And one of the things about these movies that I, I found very fascinating is the number of people is very low. And like the, one of the biggest battle scenes in the movie like these two armies facing off against each other. I'm not spoiling anything when I say there's only like 50 people on both sides. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is really interesting and refreshing. You know, um, it, what it feels like is that they're, you know, you have these races of basically they're all, you know, aliens from different planets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems, and it's one of the only movies that seems like all these people are very far away from each other. Yeah. Like, you know, like there's a handful of them that travel and do this shit. But most of them are, like, at home. Like, they are very alone. Like, all of them are just seemingly alone. Yeah. I I just want to know more. I, I you know, that... Yeah, that it's a Star, cool Starship Troopers meme, do you want to know more? Yes, 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 yes. I just want to keep clicking on things. I'm so excited. Jeremy, I have a question. Yes. Do you own a DVD player? Uh, I own a device that would work as a DVD player. Aaron may need to borrow that. My PlayStation Five? No, it's not gonna. Yes. <laughs> no, that's not. It's not happening. You'd think with our day and age, a DVD player would be like a dollar, <laughs> like like literally a dollar. It's one of those things. It goes down to like five dollars. It's all in thrift stores. Everyone has them, and then suddenly, it's like twenty five, oh. thirty five, eighty dollars now for a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is an interesting like, uh, what, what do you call it? Like, uh, it's not a bell curve. It's a it's some sort of like parabolic function, right? That like describes mm. the price of these technologies that you need to access certain things. It's interesting. Well, just the like I remember even when I was just, like basically just out of high school, DVD players were like twenty bucks. Like they're mm-hmm. so cheap because it was like, but we weren't moving out of the technology yet. They had just figured out how to make them basically using no materials. It was like the lens, a little tiny like mover thingy. And like a box. That was basically all the technology you needed. What was the one called that looked like a record? John, they were uh, laser, laser disc. Laser disc. I never had a yeah. laser disc player. I never had laser disc because, you know, I wasn't alive when they made it. I was going to say, yeah. And they had the, the Sega Saturn that yeah. played something like that. Yeah. There's a whole... That, no, it... it there's, there's little space the the sure. there was one. There was one game system that played the little ones. I remember the little discs. Mm-hmm. Like the ones from Men in Black, I was like, these will replace CDs someday. <laughs> hmm. Did not, did not pan out. Did not age well. All right, let's get into it. <clears throat> oh shit! I need, uh, I need to save this number. Yeah. I assume, Parker, you got that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay, good. 
Would you like to know one of my favorite things about this podcast? That I'm on it. Th- that I do enjoy all of your <laughs> I do enjoy all of your company. Um, your great friends. But one of my favorite things about doing this podcast every week is that I never leave this podcast without the next thing I'm going to try in the game. I really, really enjoy that because that is that is if I was going to listen, if I was going to listen to a podcast, which I don't listen to any other podcasts except this one, if I was going to listen to a Marvel podcast, I would want that to be something I did every single time I listened. I want to, all the content creators that I seek out on the Internet. It's always people that I trust are going to give me something that I will want to do next in whatever it is I'm doing. And that's something I love about creating this is you guys always give me something to think about that I'm going to do. Like, sorry, not think about. I will do it the next time I play. I'm really excited. Cool. That's, that's good. Uh, so you're saying that is it benefited that we record the day before game night or is it is that bad because you have less time to work on that list? Oh, no, it's perfectly benefited it's because I think you're super jazzed. Yes. You go into, you know, yeah. Also, if it if it, it there's it. I don't need more opportunities to forget that I was jazzed, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to, like, tomorrow, I want to try it. And also, <laughs> I have a tendency, so many of those things have not worked out, right? They, they were they were pipe dreams, and I'm really glad that, mm-hmm. that I came up with them until I got to try them on a game night. Um, but, there was, as it turns out, not for me. But I still love that I go back and try it again. It's... I'll um, be there tomorrow night. We'll, we'll know. There'll be an entire table covered in 130 cards. With every tactics card and every model that you have painted right now, mm-hmm. uh, just spread across the table, just for forty-five staring, minutes while he like staring. tries to hunt, hunt down scavenger hunt style every individual thing he needs for his <laughs> new list. Uh, so I had a new list idea that I had while we were talking today that I had to send myself a note to build tomorrow. Mm. Oh, do you want to know what it is? Uh, I'm guessing it's Doctor Strange something. something? No, well, I'm excited to try that. That's more of just like a, an additive concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, the list I want to, to play now is the Revengers, and it's going to be Frank Castle Ghost Rider, but not what you think. Just Frank Castle and Ghost Rider <laughs> in <laughs> Sam Wilson Avengers, and I'm just going to cause uh-huh. so many "I will avenge you" moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be the best. Because Ghost Rider actually sounds really fun. Because, like, how do you kill him when he's always, like, moving away and healing every turn? Right. And, like, just see if you can leverage, like, as many of your own deaths into weapons as possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Luke Cage is a butthole. Yeah. Luke Cage. Like, how are you going to kill Ghost Rider when I got Luke Cage and, like, pick another bodyguard? <laughs> just put everybody in there. It's like, everyone's going to bodyguard. And you're just going to have to make so many attacks into my list that you're going to die to judgment. And then the two people that you actually date is going to lead to like a 10 die headshot into one of your other models. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, I made up a, a list similar to that in Sam that was the Mother May mm-hmm. I list, which is like every, or, or rather the other name for it was, oh, I have a reaction every time they do anything. Like, mm, mm-hmm. I have a reaction. <laughs> Everything had a reaction to you trying to do something to me. I think it's fun. It sounds super fun. Uh, so the official title of this list is going to be called um, MLDOV, Marvel List Designed Only for Vengeance. <laughs> it's going to be the best. Oh my god. Modal? Yeah. Okay, can we make that an O? What's another 
What's another term for list that that is an O? Because Modal would be great. Her Modav, Modav. It's got to be Modav. We oh yeah, sorry, Modav. Yeah, yeah. Only for vengeance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Modav. Vengeance. It would be. Uh, My list is designed only for vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum vengeance reached. Oh. Uh, maybe Operation. Like Marvel Operation, designed only for vengeance. Mm. All right, but, listeners, this is your homework. Message me and I'll, a word that could be an O. Yeah. That fits in Modav. Yeah. It needs to be Marvel something designed only for vengeance. Mm-hmm. Marvel. I like organization. I don't think that works. All right. I'm, I'm actually just going to Google synonyms for for roster or list. Uh, uh, let's see. Or group. Thesaurus.com! There are no O's. I'm so sad. Crew? What's a synonym for crew? Nope. Nope. Organization. This is going to kill me. Damn. Alright. Operation doesn't work. You don't like that? Yeah, I saw that one too. Um, operation's probably less bad. What about operatives? You could just do operatives. That would Ooh. Work. I don't hate that. Marvel operatives designed only for vengeance. <laughs> what about multiple operatives designed only for vengeance? Does that work? What did you say again? Multiple operatives designed only <laughs> for vengeance. I like that. That's that's good. Yeah. Multiple organisms designed only for vengeance. <laughs> go back well, that's, shit. that's not Let's original go enough. I need... I intentionally didn't put a space between only and four. That way it's only one word. I figure out how hard they're stretching to get only four to be just an O. Odafk didn't make, uh, or Modafk didn't make as much sense. All right, cool. I'm excited. Uh, I probably won't do this list tomorrow, but uh, I definitely want to throw it together tomorrow. Maybe. Uh, I think I need to practice for the qualifier that's on Saturday. I'll probably throw together a, a cabal list because you know that's easy to play, right? Just add Modoc, right? Just well, you mean Hulk? All right, we should probably get out of here. Uh, you guys good? Yarp. Yep. Yarp. Yep. Uh, goodbye.